we are activating your unique self-discovery one show at a time. The Orchard of Wisdom Self-Discovery Podcast are at your fingertips, just waiting to inspire and invite you in discovering just how awesome you really are and how to navigate through life in joy, enrichment, personal abundance, in mind, body, spirit, heart and soul. All the people we bring you are here to serve you on your journey of life. Do enjoy our next show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Story Matters right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com, soon to be selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful, exuberant, extraordinary, and you are, please sit back, have a glass of wine or a scotch in hand. We are going to be talking so much about this one woman today, her her lineage, her artistry, the people that she's met. I might just hold on, hold on, because we're about to take a roller coaster of intrigue, total intrigue. And this is Kimberly Butler. And Hello, I just can't, I can't wait to be when I met her on this wonderful Dead Drummond uh, network and I heard her speak. It was like lift the jaw up off the ground. I have to interview this woman and I was waving my hands up in the zoom thing <laughs> it's like I was, I was thrilled <laughs> and so I'm delighted to have her here today you're not going to believe mm. what she's accomplished in her life you're not going to believe who her relatives are uh, she's writing a memoir right now and she's unraveling all of that and it's quite extraordinary uh, it's also extraordinary when you kind of look at the DNA threads of consistency that are passed down from one to the other but she is a wonderful photographer Photographer. How did she get into that? Who has she photographed? Well, if you go to her site, name the star. She's pretty well interviewed them and photographed them. Um, she's also done some incredible um, other type of work, like personal work of Alison Opuland, <laughs> Opiatland, Band mm-hmm. Books, Jerusalem, Syrian Refugees, uh, and Jordan, and Neil Gaiman, and The Art of Fear, uh, lots of commercial work, lots of celebrity work, uh, yes. and just the people that she's made friends with along the line. And a lot of that is, you'll understand as we talk today, she's a door opener. There is no door closed to her. And it's not that because she's so important. It's that she's so authentic that everybody wants to get to know her. So they just open the door. Come on in. Let's have a chat and see where this goes. And that's the kind of person she is, my kind of person. I love somebody who is like that. And uh, we have so much to start. Let's just take it all off on the celebrity photography at the present moment. Okay. You know, how you open up the door to that one, because... You know, one thing that stuck in my mind from the talk we had before is that, you you know, you were the first photographer for women uh, for Sports Illustrated, which was very yes, much a man's was. world. Um, yes. You've, you've broken barriers so completely with your photography, even just in the way that you started. Uh, okay, we'll start there. How did you okay, start? Okay, we'll start there. Okay, so what I did is I first went, after I graduated NYU film school, I decided to be a photographer and not go into film. Because mm-hmm. I like the idea of, of owning my own business, which my mother had always encouraged. So I've been all these years owning my own business, never having a boss, only my clients, which is wonderful. You're in, you're out, you do the job. And, you know, that's that. And I've had clients 20 years, mm-hmm. which I'm very proud of, because that means that every job had to be great, but that they also liked working with me, yeah. that I was respectful to everyone. Um I worked for two photographers, one an advertising photographer, a a great photographer by the name of Stan Fellerman, 
who did advertising. We're still great friends. He taught me all about lighting and all the things that are entailed in working with it. Then I decided to become a celebrity photographer. And I saw a picture of Harry Benson, the famous Scottish photographer that came over with the Beatles on the cover of American Photographer. So I wrote his wife a letter who ran his business. And I said, look, my grandfather's a queen on Cameron Highlander. You should hire me. <laughs> that was the PS. And they did. <laughs> and but then he believed that women couldn't carry equipment. So for six months, I filed. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to start he, somewhere, right? Well, he'd come home and I'd go walking by him carrying a chair. <laughs> Hi, Harry. <laughs> you know. But uh, I st- and, and at the same time, I'm building my clients myself. Yes. So that, that was my last, because I got two full-time jobs for three years. Mm-hmm. So then I broke free mm-hmm. and started shooting my own stuff. And brick by brick, which I explained to all my interns and people that work with me, is how you build a business. Yeah. One day, one piece at a time. Don't be so anxious. You're not going to be me. Right. You've got to add, you know. 10, 15 years, maybe 20. Yes. <laughs> you want to be me. But you know, you're taken. You're taken. They've just got to be them. They, right? they and put in the same due diligence, you know? You must do that. I, I, I worked hard, mm-hmm. very hard for many, many, many years. So I just started showing my book. Mm-hmm. And I met a woman by the name of Nancy Lieberman, who was a famous basketball player. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, you know, why don't you call ABC? We're going down there to do the superstars. And if you're going to be there, you could take some pictures. And that was my first marketing lesson from Nancy. Mm. So I called ABC and I happened to live in the town in Florida that they were shooting. So I had friends to stay with because they weren't mm. going to pay me. Right. And exactly. once I shot that for them, they want I became over over a quick very very quickly number their one you know one of their number one photographers door opener right the door opener sorry you're a door opener you're not afraid to open doors you you do what you need to do in order to open up those doors you know you knock (laughs) you knock you know if they answer the door yes exactly then, then you're in yeah. But it's all about it's all about respect. Yeah. And it's all about um like you said being being real. Mm-hmm. Now we all say authentic, but I'm just real, I'm just myself. Yeah. And as I've grown and I've matured, I've become more of that person. I don't try mm-hmm. to be two different people. It's exhausting. I'm, it's exhausting as it, it is. Oh my it's, God. It's absolutely. confusing. <laughs> it, it's like, who am I now? So yeah. <laughs> I just decided, let me just be me. So whether it's a president of the United States, of which I've met five, um, or it's somebody who works in a school and is teaching mm-hmm. chess in Harlem. Actually, I treat them with more respect. Than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're talking authenticity. <laughs> yeah, I'm all That's real. it. Hi, <laughs> how are you doing? But I'm very impressed with a lot of the stories that I did. Mm. Um, so I had done a lot of sports portraiture because of how I started it at mm-hmm. ABC. So I started sending out postcards. I sent out 500 postcards to athlete magazines and sports magazines all over the country. And I got one call, Sports Illustrated. That's I all sent you needed. 500 <laughs> postcards. Everybody listen to this lesson. Yes. 500 yes. postcards and I got one call. And they needed a woman. 
Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there you lies the, in the, the number games. It's not just like put all your eggs in one basket, spread them around. Never. Never. And it's uh, yeah, and I you never don't do that with my career. Right. I, and the thing is, sometimes you might just be planting seeds. They can't use you right now. But down the road, you know, you've made an impact and they'll come back to you. So if something doesn't happen in the moment, it's OK. You know, it's, 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 amazing. it's amazing. We must have been we must have been like in a formal life, knew each other because I'll use the expression. It's an American expression. Johnny Appleseed. I'll just go around and sprinkle seeds yeah. everywhere. Yes. And then all of a sudden a phone call, a phone call, a phone call. And, and see which one it. grows. And see which Hello, one grows. Take a look at my site. Boom. Yeah, exactly. And and that's yeah. the thing is patience and due diligence, right? Yes. Uh, yes. But you've got to have patience if you're in a hurry. Um, you, people sense the anxiety. I'm in a rush. Well, where are you in a rush to? I prefer that you're present. Right. You are. You are. Well, one of the right. gifts that really comes across with you, you are extremely present in yourself. You, you are with yourself wherever you go, no matter what you're doing. And I think that's what people pick up. You're not there on an agenda. You're not no. there to be over there. You are present. And it's something that people long to be and not everybody knows how to be. But it's something that is that's so intricately you that I can see why they open up the door. You turn up and you are present. So they know that you're going to be engaged in the moment and they can be engaging with you. And there are no games. Yes, no. When I photograph someone, there's a dance that happens. Mm. And, you know, they're all talking about this AI photography now. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but the, the element that's, that's missing is that interaction that happens between me and the person. Yes. Where all of a sudden, they're completely relaxed. And I've only got 10, 15 minutes if they're a big star mm -hmm. or some other kind of shoot. So I have to very quickly make them feel comfortable so they'll drop that wall and let yeah. me get the shot of their most authentic self. Yes. Yeah, it was actually funny this last week and it's my grandson's second birthday today. And oh, this, happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, yeah, my little, my little gobble gobble. And this last weekend we celebrated his birthday, his dad's birthday, my other daughter-in-law's birthday and my daughter's baby shower. So it was a crazy weekend. And my one daughter-in-law said, I'm putting up pictures up on the wall of, or, you know, everybody in their 20s, can I have some pictures? And so I took some along from way back when, 48 years ago to my 20s and I said, choose one and the one they chose was kind of when I had got out of bed and I and I my hair is all ruffled and I'm just giggling and that's the one I they love wanted. it <laughs> but that's you yeah it's that's me. you yeah giggle pop. yeah <laughs> it, you know if after two minutes they're not looking beyond your physical self yeah you're not doing your job right yeah. you're not being your most authentic self because they're going to respond to that yeah, and, and anybody can take a pretty picture at some point, like especially celebrities, because they're so, you know, trained to, to put to yes. put on that look. But it's what's behind the pretty face. You right. know, that's what we want. And is when you can look at a picture and go, Oh my God, this is telling a story. I'm exactly. reading so much into this. And you know, how you capture someone that's in the middle of a moment or in the middle of a thought. Uh, maybe the lighting isn't that great, but you're capturing something. And that is what we're drawn to. We want to see beyond the facade. Right. We want to see the story behind. Right. And that's what I strive to. And that all happens in those magical moments of first meeting somebody and making them feel very much at ease.
But again, that is your gift to do that because you you invite people to be present with self because that's what you are with yourself. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. This is me. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you're not wasting time. (laughs) No, no, no. And a lot of people walk in with an attitude. Yes. I actually had some L.A. uh, assistants write to me and say, thank you for being so cool and so nice Mm -hmm. because they were used to being abused and yelled at. Yes. And I remember those days uh-huh. and I'm like, you don't have to treat anybody like that. There will be a line if you cross it where you yes. need to leave the set and I won't hesitate. But otherwise, you know, let's all just do our job and be nice and kind to everyone. And it's if you crazy. want longevity in anything, you know, sprinkle dust of kindness and respect will keep you being remembered. You, know, you don't want to be legacy. remembered for being an a-hole, right? You want to be exactly, <laughs> exactly. A few of the people that I work with, you know, everybody says, mm. "Oh, he's such a so and so." I'm like, I don't want to be remembered for that. No. Everyone has seen my images; they'll live on, whether they know it's me or not. But right. the people around me, the people that have met me, the impression I put on my children, my godchildren—that is my legacy. Yes. Yes. And, and the reason, you know, we always say the compliment is referral and callback. And, you know, if you are referred and you're called back, then it's, um, you know, we're going to that big word, um, trust. I trust she'll get the job done. I trust yes. that she knows how to bring the best out in someone. I yes. trust that she's not going to come in there with the ego. She's oh, no. She's going to come in there channeled, ready to go. Well, It's interesting that you bring that up because lately I've been thinking a lot about that. And I had a very horrible childhood where I was, um, it it ended with me being dumped into an orphanage when I was seven because my father had post-traumatic stress disorder. My mother self-medicated. It wasn't working. The priest that married them put me into the orphanage. How nice. And yeah. And um, my self-esteem was just demolished. Yes. I mean, I was hated in the orphanage. I was one of the few, most most of the kids were not like me. My father was very brilliant. I was highly educated at home. I did not fit in. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went to school, the school was backed up to the orphanage. Mm-hmm. So everybody knew that's where I lived. Right. So I was exactly. treated badly by the girls at school, all of the course. mean girls. Oh, you mm-hmm. don't have a mother and father. You this, you that. So I could not win. I could not win. No. So, so I grew up with very, very low self-esteem. I went and I got help when I was about 2021, 20, graduating from NYU. And I remember the psychiatrist. I said, when will I start to like myself and feel whole in myself? She says, when you start to be successful at whatever it is you're going to do. And then I became tremendously successful. So what's happened now is I've landed somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. My ego is under control. I don't let it dominate. And I don't stand to let anybody else dominate it on my set. Right. Right. Okay. And uh, I I landed somewhere in the middle in a very, very healthy place in terms of the ego. If you read my Art of Fear, there's a scene where my ego is burnt off. Right. My Art of Fear is a photographic memoir. And my ego is burned off. I hear and you that- there. I, I understand what you're saying there because 
when you go far so far the other extreme you know I, I was a sickly child so therefore and you know I missed a great deal of schooling and it was just maybe she'll make a good marriage and you know but she's never going to amount to anything so oh. you know for a very long time it's like I'm not worth anything I, I'm too dumb I'm too this I'm too that but I was yes. also in, incredibly intuitive and instinctual and channeled <laughs> And in that, I was the wisdom. So people came to me for that wisdom, even though half the time I didn't even know what I was imparting. But the other side of me was incredibly insecure, feeling I'm never going to live up to anybody's expectations until I realized having low expectations on someone is actually beneficial. Because when you actually go and do something, it becomes a big surprise. And there isn't the pressure on you to be this, that, or anything else. I actually have the liberation just to be me and define who I am. It took a long time to get there, but well, eventually it, it, it did. That's, that's interesting on a couple levels. Um, I just, there, there was a fire in me that just always knew that I was meant for something. Yeah. I knew that I was different, that I was special, not better, yeah. special you were you were you and had a calling you had a I, calling. I had I had my calling was to make them all wrong <laughs> yes love it <laughs> I, that's why I, I that's why I named my book the art of fear because mm-hmm. I was scared like crazy knocking yes. on these doors and making these phone calls yeah. but I was determined not to be the loser that everybody, mm-hmm. whether it was by action or actual verbal statements, mm-hmm. had said to me that I would be. Right. And the funniest thing is now they all see my stuff all over the world from grammar school and junior mm-hmm. high school and call me and say, we always knew. We always <laughs> knew. And I'm like, who is Yeah, this right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is it is uh, it, it, I think it's also great to get to that stage where other people's opinion no longer worries you no I don't care yeah you know I'm not I everybody's really, cup of tea really... you know you know I'm, I'm a scotch drinker you can have your beer you know <laughs> yeah no no I had a caretaker my mother was dying of Parkinson's and I, I was taking care of her and the caretaker walked in one day and she says you're micromanaging me that wasn't supposed to be the deal. You know, meanwhile, I'm watching her every second. Right. But I was going to go back and forth to New York and shoot. And so I was all over the place. Mm-hmm. And she says to me, you know, I just don't like you. And I said, I don't care. Right. And I heard myself say those words. And it was incredibly liberating. Yeah. I didn't say them in a nasty way. Right. I didn't put her down. No. I just didn't care. Yeah. It wasn't important to my psyche, my ego, yes. my self-worth. It wasn't important to anything. Right. And you can leave now because you're fired. Yes. <laughs> I guess the trust has been broken. Yeah. I, 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 mean, couldn't, I, think... I couldn't trust it with my mother. I mm. heard her yelling at my mother. No. And that's when I that's asked what to see you her. Her. No. her. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Um you know, coming. I think again from um, next week would be eleven years of me doing podcasts, and I've interviewed some incredible wow. people who've been on some incredible journeys. And you know, the the thing that is a common theme is those that have gone through the most suppression, the most, uh, the biggest obstacle to hold them back, or even literally kind of the cosmic two by four where they've become ashes and they have to rise like a phoenix. Those are the strongest people. 
the people with the most focus, the most determination, the most meaningful purpose, and the biggest contributors, because they've come from those ashes, they've come from that negativity. And it isn't, I'm going to necessarily prove you right or wrong, rather. It is more about, I am so much more than you can see me as. Right, right. And, and, uh, and there is, there is a, ama- it's amazing how many people, what you're saying is true. How many people have had very, very difficult times and have overcome that yes. to then go on to do great things. Yes. And I saw it was obviously a training moment. Yeah, exactly. Because yes. I'm not afraid of anything now. No, Unless I mean, they're, they just, they're not failures, they're less Okay, words. no, no, but, but let me clear that up. If they have a weapon and I'm in the Middle East, right, exactly. Russia, <laughs> I've got a weapon, I am extraordinarily diplomatic and never rude, you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, there is something about suffering. Yes. And that's what my that's what my art of fear is about. Mm-hmm. It's about looking fear in the face and say, you know what? I'm going to use all these chemicals that you're producing, the fear, mm-hmm. the anxiety. These are all chemical reactions. I'm going to use that and pick up that phone. And I'm going to walk into the White House. I'm going to walk into the Kremlin. I'm going to walk into Chechnya. I'm going to walk into the refugee camps. And I just was myself and everybody responded to that. That is what everybody is striving to be in life, to be themselves that is not defined by anybody else's expectation, but by the very true of their core, their core truth, their core heart, soul, and spirit, that knowingness of who they are. And just just being who they are without anybody else dictating or or trying to manipulate. And that is what everybody is striving for in life. So when you come across somebody that's in that strength of beingness, I am what I am. I'm here to do this. I believe in what I'm capable of doing. I'm here um, because it not just the driving force or the fame or the fortune. It's because it is my calling. It is my purpose. This is what I am here to do. Yes. And all of that essence of who you are when you walk through a door is received before you even open your mouth. You've set the stage. So then people are more receptive to listen to you. Yes. And I think just it it just started with me being really honest with myself and having a tremendous amount of introspection to say, you know what, that little thing you do, you've got to work on that. Yeah. This little thing you do, you've got to work on That's not nice. This isn't nice. This isn't nice. Constant self-examination and honesty with yourself. Yes. That's and it's not what beating yourself up. It's just calling yourself to order to type of thing, right? Listen, I had my psychiatrist said she didn't know how I put a sentence together, let alone built with the trauma that I lived through, let alone mm. built a career that I that I built. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, okay. I I, I you know, it, it was meant to be. It was my yes. destiny. That it yes. all worked out the way it, it did. And I accept that and I forgive my parents. Yeah. With very, very deep love and forgiveness. And well, it's, it's where really they were me. at at the time, right? You know, yes, yes. They, I mean, my, my, my father went through the war. My grandfather went through the trenches in World War One. My mother had to grow up with a father like that. Yes. I understand. Yes. And the conversations with her as she's dying, you know, I'm so sorry. I said, about what? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I said, you mean about the orphanage? And she said, well, that, and you know, everything. Mm-hmm. I said, 
I, you know, don't be. Yeah. All is forgiven. And it made me who I am. Exactly. If I had grown up, if I had grown up on the North shore of Long Island, married to a guy, Biff or whatever his name would be. (laughs) And I'd be Miffy or Bunny (laughs) or Muffin. And we'd be doing martinis at five because none of us had any purpose in life. And and he had a mistress in the city. Right, of course. I'm on 60, you know. (laughs) Oh my God! I would have, I would have thrown myself off a cliff on the North Shore out of just sheer boredom. Exactly. Yeah. You know, as I said, there's, we'll get to your DNA um, heritage in a moment, but that <laughs> DNA strength is in you. And I think is that there are certain people that are nurtured or, or, or molded and made into by their life experience, and there's certain people that it is very much the very structure of who they are, and they just need that that avenue to become you know, yes. to be who they are. Um, in my father, my mother, um, they left India. He was a colonel in the Indian army and uh, she was one of eight surviving children. And they left India and went to England and went from, you know, beautiful homes and servants to a, a little Pandaki place. She was brought up to believe, she was 12 at the time. She was brought up to believe that her father had died. In her 70s, she met her father, who was told that she was an uncle. He'd had a nervous breakdown, post-traumatic stress, and was put in an institution. And mm-hmm. because it was so shameful and nobody talked right. about it, right. he was dead. And even as an adult, they never told her. And even when she met him and talked to him, they both had a passion and love for words. It was never brought up that this is your father. Right. And you know what I love about today? <laughs> I love about today that I can turn around and say, they put my father away. My mother drank. Mm-hmm. I, I was beat up in an orphanage. This happened to me. That happened to me. And there's absolutely no shame. As None. a child, as yeah. a child, I sealed I all that. And I was terrified all the time. Well, you probably thought you deserved it because we do as children. What did I do wrong? How did I deserve Oh, yes, that? yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. That's what children do. Yeah. And a lot of parents don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Bad no. parents don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. My dad uh, was in the war. He was a squadron leader, a fighter pilot. And uh, he died. He had his first heart attack at 40 and he died at 45. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and I remember, you know, going past his room after my mom came and told me. And I actually was, I'm, I'm glad you've gone, dad. You couldn't cope with life. But being an 11-year-old, I felt guilty, so I made myself cry. And then my mum and brother left me, and I went past my dad's room, and I popped my head in to say goodbye. And then I went to my mum and said, God took the one that was the weakest and left the one that was the strongest. Because my dad just simply could not cope. They, You know, it was the stiff upper lip. Get on with your life. Oh, Doesn't yes. matter what's oh, happened yes, before. Darling. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. The British, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So there was never yes. any releasing and, you know, became toxic marriage, right. toxic everything, hated working with his yeah. brother, and it just became one thing after yeah. the other, right? Manifested in the heart yes. disease. And this is, you know, I think one of the advancements that we have made in life is that so many people are coming out to, I suffer from depression, or I have this, or I have that, or, mm-hmm. and this is my struggle. And, you know, the, it is more that we're inviting compassion and empathy, not sympathy, Compassion exactly. and empathy and understanding, because look at how many stars we, we look at them flash and dash. They've got everything. Look at oh. Twitch. Look at Twitch at Christmas. Who ever thought, right? And the next thing you know, they're gone. 
by their own hand. Right. And right. it's like, we don't know what goes on behind. Yeah. Did he reach out? That was my thing. You yes. know, like, did he reach out? You know, I, I, that, that hurt me because yes. there have been moments, yeah. there have been moments of, yes. you know, nine 11, nine 11 was devastating for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely devastating. And there'll be more talk about that in my memoir, but those buildings came down and so did I. Yeah. And my husband's family is a fire department family. Mm-hmm. So my step grandson who worked for me as an assistant, doing great assignments like Love Canal and the sets for Phantom of the Opera was killed. Oh, no. Along with all my neighbors and friends and people I didn't know. It didn't matter. It was my city, my country. Why aren't you angry? Right. And that was me. I was ready to go. If I had been young enough, I would have enlisted because Mm -hmm. that is in my DNA. Yes. And when you bring up DNA, I had a fifth grade teacher that became like my other mother. Mm-hmm. My second, third, and fourth grade teachers called me incorrigible. I'd never be anything. Right to my face. Yes. They were allowed to do that then. Yes. And I was dyslexic. <laughs> then too. I got to my fifth grade teacher, and we were best friends till she died at 90. And we would have the nature-nurture argument mm-hmm. always. And before I knew about my history, I said to her, no, it's in the nature. I can feel it. Look mm-hmm. at pictures of me at two years old. I'm like... <laughs> Determination. I don't like this. So that that still is a big argument, but now with this, I think it's epigenics. Mm-hmm. They're looking back and they're saying, "Wait a minute, you know, there's a lot more than blonde hair and blue eyes." Yes, and a high forehead. Mm-hmm. There's memory. There's personality. Mm-hmm. There's there's things that we don't know yet, and I know that to be true. Yeah. Because I, when I told my friends of my genealogy, my good friends, who are really myself, right. like really get crazy and silly, and you know, I, they're like this. We're not the least bit surprised. Right. Now that I makes sense. Like, oh my god! <laughs> and and now that I'm doing the deep dive, I'm yeah. like. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been quite a journey, quite a journey. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go a little more far out there too, say that we, as we have the DNA pattern that goes back, you know, really, really very, very far when you can see the common thread, but I'm also very much on a past life one too. Um, Possibly. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yes. I'm very much on the past life thing as well. And in, the reason I came here, I came here to do a particular job and reach lifetime. I have done that, whether successfully or not, and spent the last 50 lifetimes torn and caught and burnt at the stake and everything else. <laughs> this, is my reco- this is my recovery lifetime of being How able to come back into what I do. <laughs> so it's, it is interesting because we're so much more than what we are presently. And I think that yes. disconnect that people have from their heritage, from their DNA, from, from you know, the, the many cultures or even past lives, you're leaving so much of yourself behind that if you incorporate it, it would help you actually understand who you are today and where you're going. Yes. And I think the great things for people that have been enslaved, mm. like in America, we take the African people, you know, and, it, and of course, slavery goes back to the beginning of time. Yeah. So, but the people living now, if they can do their DNA and they find out where I'm, I'm, I'm 10 miles from my tribe. This is where my tribe was. Yes. 
in whatever country, you know, whether it was the Spanish Armada that got you or the, the British and the Americans, um, you can look back and find out who you are. Yeah. Who you come from. Yeah. And I don't and care what people I, say. There's a beautiful connection to that. Oh, there is. Oh, yeah. There is. But that's not to say, you know, when you look back, you're going to find good and you're going to find bad. Yeah. And that's something to, then you have to swallow that. Yes. Which I've had to big time. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let, you know, my, my claim to fame was the leech, uh, the, the artist and Guy Fawkes on my father's side, on my mother's side, Stanley. Um, so they, they were writers and judges and explorers. So, but you, <laughs> you opened the door to your DNA and a whole load of people came out. Let well, us find out who they are. It started with <laughs> a cemetery in upstate New York and a wonderful genealogist by the name of Sylvia Hassenkoff. And it was listed Butler Cemetery. And I remember my great uncle bringing me up there one time to show me where the homestead was and there was a graveyard there. But I'm 19. Yeah. So, so as I got older... I said, you know what, let me go. Well, first of all, I, I found an article online, but I had to go to the New York Public Library, which is you can join from any state. If they're banning books at your library, you can join from any state and get a New York library card and they will send you the book. Excellent. Okay? Good. Good to know. Them. No, definitely. Yes. Nobody has the right to ban a book. No, no, right. no. I do a lot of banned books. I do an interpretation of them. Um, so I read an article by someone who had married a butler by the name of Margaret Coffin. And she wrote that Abel Butler had brought his family down by wagon and settled in Greene County, New York, because Connecticut was getting too populated. Um, it's the 1600s or 1700s. <laughs> God, no, what would they think of it now? It's the early 1700s. <laughs> Well, it, well, I'll finish. It's somewhere around the early to mid 1700s. Mm -hmm. And um, she says he was the youngest son. His grandfather had come and was the youngest son of an English lord. And I went, hmm. Then I started to investigate. And what I uncovered was that my family fought in the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. Two of them. And, uh, you know, just went off, left their families, fought in the Civil War also found those records and they built this wonderful B and B business in the 1700s. It's a national historic landmark and my graveyard is there. And we're currently working, trying to get it cleaned up and fixed because somebody else owns the land, but they can't touch the graveyard. Right. And then that started, well, where did they come from? Mm. And um, there was an article uh, on a, a certain magazine. And it says, if you're, if you're a Butler, chances are you're related to most of the presidents of the United States. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me get my phone. I'm calling this writer <laughs> right now. And he's, he is the butler specialist. And it turns out that uh, he is a butler and has become a wonderful friend, family to me. Mm -hmm. And they, they did my DNA, the Mormons. Mm -hmm. Mormons have the biggest genealogical bank in the world. Really? Yes. And they don't run around in those outfits and people have this vision of them and uh -huh. they are magnificent, wonderful people. And they've got a tremendous library in Salt Lake City. You can go on and join at familysearch.org. It's free. Mm. And you can do your, your family DNA and, and go back. 
And of course I had my buddy and he went back and the presidents was, was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I like who, that. Especially who are that. they? Who are they? Uh, all of them. How can you be with all of them though? Yes, like I know. This is the first time I'm re revealing that. Uh, yes. So that's why you're going to buy my memoir. Uh, it's all <laughs> Gosh, so that's a very interesting spiderweb then. Yes, it is, because we come from, and this is just so wild, um, and I think I said this before about the Plagenets. I mentioned it before. Yes. Um, my uh, 32nd grandfather is Rollo the Viking, Duke of Normandy. <laughs> and he, and they did all the work. I have the list. Yes. He is the great-great-grandfather of William the Conqueror, becomes the first king of England. And then every king and queen of England all the way down to the 1600s when my grandfather is born the youngest mm -hmm. and jumps to the colonies are all my grandparents. So Henry, Henry, you know, the second, Edward the first, Edward the second, Edward the third, you know, there's a lot of baddies in there. The, all the guys that were involved in the War of the Roses. Mm. And uh, they were the Plantagenets. If I'm saying that right, I'll get it right eventually. <laughs> but um, they were probably, according to these documentaries I've been watching, are overwhelming with information. But, you know, Eleanor of Aquitaine is my grandmother. And she was magnificent. Mag magnificent. The women, the queens, they fought, they took their yes. husband's position when he was off at wars mm -hmm. and they ran these countries. Yes. They were remarkable. And I, and I just look at myself and I go, it explains it. This explains the temper. <laughs> I do have a temper, you know, I do have a temper, uh, but I'm working on that. Uh, your determination, your focus, my determination. And your ability to see things and get it done, right? Your persistence. Persistence. You know, mm. yes, I, I don't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. If it's no, then I find another way around it. Mm -hmm. And then if it's finally, finally no, then I just move on to something else. Right. Just as important. Yeah. Um, the other side of my family, of which is the presidential line, they ran Ireland for the crown for 700 years. And our family seat is Kilkenny Castle. <laughs> Ten most beautiful castles in the world. So this has been a lot for me. Mm. And I'm I'm slowly getting and I've got to go see the castles. Yes. And my grandfather was the second chief butler of Ireland. And he uh, has another castle. There's about 15 of them. Because as they grew in power, they kept moving around. Right. So there's the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. Expansion. And all, yep, all the chief butlers. The butler was actually the person who, who served the wine at the coronation. Mm -hmm. So then it became a servant name. But actually, it became our family name. They changed it from its original name and changed it to butler. And what was the original name? Um... Theobald and Walter. Mm -hmm. And they were Plagenets. And so King John said, okay, I'm going to send my son, but I'm going to send my son with the butler back up. Uh -huh. Right. Mm -hmm. So our family dominates ancient Ireland, you know, Middle Ages, Middle Ages Ireland. 
And just just remarkable, just remarkable. The people that are descended from the Butler line, you know, everything goes like this. Yes. So there becomes thousands of cousins, you know, with my with my my royal ancestry. It's like zoom, I'm right down with my presidential. It's all like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all it's all. But they're all cousins, mm-hmm. closer, not so close, but mm-hmm. all related, all blood related. And, um, you know, it's like it's like Kim. You got the blood of Abraham Lincoln. It just doesn't get any better than that. No, no, definitely not. You know that there has to be somebody in that, that when you discovered who they were or, or what they stood for or what they did, that you that became an aha moment for you, that a real identification. There's a lot of baddies. And two Did of them you relate to the baddies, though? I'm talking about somebody that you relate to, that you go, this could be me. Definitely, definitely my my Viking grandfather. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, they weren't just running around raping and pillaging. I right, mean, exactly. They, they, were, they, were, we they were builders and creators. And yeah. yeah. Oh, they discovered America first. Mm-hmm. And here's an interesting thing. They say the DNA collapses. And I say... No, it doesn't. <laughs> that is a Viking finger. Modern my, medicine. My son has it, that finger. There you go. <laughs> We're from Viking Modern descent. medicine calls it <laughs> Dupuytrans disease. And then Neil Gaiman, who's my muse. It's a bent and, finger for those that are listening, by the way, not watching. Yeah. Bent yeah, pinky. It's, it's, it's a bent pinky. It doesn't hurt, but it doesn't open up. But it right. holds my phone great. My iPhone. <laughs> it's an iPhone holder. I'm going to patent this. I'm going to patent this. Uh, so I had it. I had it done on this one, and that's how Alice in Opioid Land is born. Mm. Because they ply me with drugs because the operation doesn't work. No, my son has had this operation three times, and the finger yes, right, goes yes, right back. Yes. Yeah. No, I said. My girlfriends are like, "Well, what are you going to do?" I said, "I'm going to leave it alone." Yes. I'm going to knit it a sweater. But now that I found out who I am, now it's like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure? Have you thought, given this some thought? Don't wake the dragon. She's very calm right now. She's purple and pink and she's doing her nails. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't I have I have a year of the dragon daughter. I know exactly what that means. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, I mean, I think that uh, Eleanor of Aquitaine I think that, you know, her husband screwed her around, put her into like 10 years of, uh, he wanted the Aquitaine, which is part of France, mm-hmm. uh, but that England had, England had at one time so much of France. So this is when I find out I'm French and I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'll go with that. That's cool. So Eleanor has the Aquitaine and he marries her. And then she has three sons. Richard Lionhearted, I forget the other one, and then John the first, who's my grandfather. Richard gets killed in one of the Crusades. Eleanor gets on a horse and rides to Jerusalem over mountains to get to her son. She's 70. In those days. That's you. <laughs> and of course, Catherine Hepburn, my famous actress of all time, played her in Lion in Winter. Right, right. Yes. 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 So um you know, she gets out of there and she goes and rules the Aquitaine after 10 years of being locked down by Henry II because he wanted to marry a younger woman. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, the queens are amazing. 
But you know, they have to be though, in order to survive, they have to be. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it was is I'm learning, boy, boy, this was rough going, but it was the middle ages. It's not now we can't look back and judge with a moral compass what people did then, even a hundred years ago, because we didn't live then. No, we live now with it. We are improving. Right. Just, just look at the we're, game. We're slow to improve, but at least we are getting there step no, by that's step. Evolution. It takes time. <clears throat> yes. You know, we look at our time and it's this much. Yeah. And, and every day just stretches on yeah. by, you know. Right. And but then we look back and we lived like this much. Yeah. But how much happened during that time? Yes, but exactly. I, this is a thousand year history. Yeah. And um they were protecting their land and their power, which was everything. Yeah. You were a king or you were a landowner, a baron, or you were a peasant. That's yeah. it. And or Robin Hood, who was actually a real guy. But um mm-hmm. they uh there's some of the some of them uh, Longshanks we know from Braveheart, throws a guy out the window. That's my grandfather, lovely guy. His son <laughs> is my next grandfather. Um so find out all this stuff but then i watched a documentary on uh i believe it is edward the third who they say is was england's greatest king and why well when john is king the barons get together and stop fighting amongst them other, each right. other and what they do is they get him to sign the magna carta mm-hmm. then edward three or four generations down revises it and makes it the magnificent document that it is today. And he induces parliament. He starts giving up areas of power and turning it over to parliament. So that is the beginning of the evolution that of the England that we see today. Yeah, they did a TV series, um, which I'm sure might kind of be based in history. I don't know if it's totally historical, but The Last Kingdom. I, I, why does that sound so familiar? It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a series, a, and it was really interesting. It was about, um, they called it Wessex back then, and the king trying to bring the rest of the barons together under one rule. But he was extremely religious, so he wanted to bring it under religion, but he wanted England to be united, and right. it's, and how the fighting was going on. Of course, then the Vikings, and this, uh, this one young man was a Norman. Uh, Normandy, and he had been captured as young and brought up by the Vikings, and ended up working for the king. Uh, and it's, it's is this really, on TV? It's a, probably Netflix or one of those. You yeah, know, you know, I think it's the continuation of the movie, the Vi- the show, The Vikings, right? Which I'm watching, and it's it's Yagnar of Northbrook yeah. mm-hmm. and his brother Rollo. Yeah, and all this time, this is my grandfather, right? And, but they were not brothers, actually. So that was their dramatic license. You know, they yeah. went ahead and did that. So, but as far as I was concerned, uh, every single one of my friends said they weren't the least bit surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't become egotistical about it. Um, it's just intriguing, isn't it? It's, it's really yeah. intriguing. Yeah. Because what I, what I, I look at members of my family and I see who's just like who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Uh, I look at myself and I say, because, you, you know, it depends on the milkshake you get. Yeah. What what DNA gets thrown in there? What character flaw? What strengths? What gets put in there? And there was a lot of greatness, but there was a lot of baddies, too. But yeah. you have to have good and bad. You can't have all this your good. Well, this is where Western civilization comes yeah. from. Yeah, exactly. The advent uh, of Parliament. My um, 
uh, my ex-husband is Chinese, so my children are half-half. And uh, my one daughter did um, her ancestry. Uh, and it was so interesting. She married a man who's half Scots and then kind of British Canadian. <laughs> and she is dark, dark eyes, dark hair, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Her husband is mm-hmm. kind of reddishy type hair and lily white skin. And my grandson of course. is identical to his father, you know, beautiful bluey green eyes, reddish hair, lily white skin. And yet when I'm fair with blue eyes and fair skin and my children took the Chinese DNA where they didn't necessarily look at in features, but in coloring. Right. And it's interesting. interesting. Uh, And that, yeah, her son is, we don't know if she's expecting another one in three weeks. And we're very intrigued. Well, it's intriguing to see what the coloring is going to be on this one. If, if the, because uh, (laughs) there was 1% Korean in there, we're not quite sure where that came from, but But it was predominantly Scottish. Yeah. Yeah, But I I love all that mixing. I I think (laughs) that that's the destiny of humankind. If we don't blow it, (laughs) Yes, we, we all just keep mixing and the children are magnificent. They bring the best of everything with them. Yeah, because I'm, I'm just boring. I'm just British and, and Scottish. My mother was a grandmother was a Macintosh. So ah. I'm, I'm three quarters British, but a Viking descent somewhere along the line. Um, yep. And then uh, my my grandmother was a Macintosh. So, um, but my mother's father, he kept, and I've got it in storage somewhere. He went back to 500 when they started keeping records in the church. And right. he went back that far of the Stanley family. And the thread all the way through the years of either judges, um, you know, government administrators, people are kind of in power and writers. Oh, and, I have a lot of writers. Cousins. And my brother is a professional writer and author. My mother was an actress and, and, and wrote. And of course, I kind of, my writing is my verbal. But it's interesting how those threads, they may manifest slightly differently. But the, right. it is it is that wonderful thread from our ancestors that's passed down. Because I'm a firm believer that the vessel that we're in is just you know the the body on loan. It's the hu- the spirits having a human experience. It's a, it's the mortal coil. It is. It, you know, this is what I'm traveling in right now, and it has the human yes. DNA, and I have the cosmic do- DNA. I totally agree. And so all the the lives that I've had before are also experiencing the human DNA that are going on and i think this is what why we're always so inquisitive why we always have this beautiful ability to expand and discover more and want to look deeper and look behind yeah but not everybody not everybody i know but i i I, if i learn something new every day it's a great day if i don't learn something new i'm very upset like (laughs) i love when somebody tells me something i say I didn't know that. Yes. That's the reason why it, I do these podcasts. I'm always learning fantastic. something new. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and it's, it's fantastic. But I think my real pride, my real, real pride, um, Lays and Rollo, you know, the Viking that founded Normandy. Yep. You know, he kept attacking Paris. They said, the French said, well, they were Franks at that time. We'll give you Normandy if you stop attacking. So he did. <laughs> and, um, but he, he really set up a great, he built Normandy as a tremendous, tremendous little kingdom. Fair and good, there's statues of them everywhere. And I'm also very proud that when I meet people in bars in New York yeah. who come from the area, they'll say, what's your name? I'll say, Butler. They say, oh, oh you're royal. <laughs> but they say it in a way, not like, oh my God. They uh-huh. say it in a way that they must have been good people to the people around. Right. 
the fam must familiarity of understanding where where the root where the roots come from. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, look but at the transcendence I, of that, though. You know, how many eons are we talking about? Yet right, the way years. the way that he treated the people at that time is a thread that's still remembered, right? Despite any other mishaps along the way of other people the good is what's remembered yes well i see i i see the baddies around i yeah. see the baddies around now they're here they're here that dna is alive and well mm -hmm. um but um my my real love i've i've always been incredibly american mm -hmm. incredibly american and um deeply deeply patriotic you know, not crazy like these crazy guys in the Capitol. I would have shot you, quite frankly, in the foot. We got you off the wall. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I just would have said, no, 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 no. We don't do things like that here. We talk it out. That's yes. the whole idea. Yes. Okay. Uh, thinking that my grandfather said, you know what? I'm youngest. I get nothing. He interned as a doctor. And we picked him up landing in Boston in 1633. And he worked as a doctor. Mm -hmm. And... I'm so proud of him and relate so much to him. And then his great grandchildren going off to war yeah. with all their cousins. My grandfather was in Valley Forge with Washington, his cousin. And when I found that out and he was on the muster roll of mm. Valley Forge, that is the stuff that really got me, mm -hmm. that really, really got me. And then the DAR started to look into my past because you have to proof it right. in order to join. So they found all the papers and all the stuff and they linked it to my Dutch grandfather. And that's how I got into the DAR because they couldn't find enough on my British grandfather. They mm. didn't keep records. All right. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, you've kind of, I'm very much, I think, like my grandmother, Daisy, that in the First World War, she was driving the ambulances to the front line. Yep, you know, to get the soldiers, uh, no lipstick in a handbag, a, 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 Absolutely. a, a car tool. <laughs> you know? that's, that's who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I watch Dunkirk, I'm like, that's who we are. Yes. Yeah. And my dad, the fighter pilot, in came in with his ass on fire a few times, you know, <laughs> before they yeah. took him into the Air Force because they were being choosy back then. And he got sank three times on a ship, you know, that... But yeah, that's um, no. Listen, and it was interesting listen. that he, he was incredibly brave, and enormously courageous, and, uh, and very, very much the the companionship, you know, the camaraderie, the camaraderie between everybody. Yes. But when it came to actually choosing things in his own life, he lived in fear. Yeah, well, they had a purpose mm -hmm. and he had everybody with him. Yes. When he's alone, he has to make those individual decisions, yeah. not knowing anything else. That's just off the top of my head. Yeah. You know, that's a different story. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I come from a thousand years of warriors. Mm -hmm. So that's a thousand years of trauma. Yes. And I think my mother on the other side is the warrior, not a warrior. <laughs> 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 came from the anxiety of that um but yeah i'm the oddball in the family definitely whereas um rather like you have just 
every job I ever got, I taught myself into or taught them into hiring me, whether I you know, could do the job or not. It was just, you know, I don't know if I can do it. Let, how about we give it a try? You know? Yeah, well, why not? I'll <laughs> yeah. try. Let's see. <laughs> right, you know. International secretary, how do you spell secretary? No, guest job isn't for me. <laughs> Mobile oil, first woman rep. Okay, don't know a thing about oil, but it's all my customer service. You know, and you, you realize what your strengths are, you know, right? Well, that's it. And I was dyslexic and my mother, bless her heart, she said, own your own business and I don't care what you do, be happy. Yes. And whatever you do as a woman, don't tell them you type. <laughs> That's funny enough. I just done a show this morning on when a woman said to somebody, when somebody asked her to type, she said, no, you have a secretary for that. That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I went to one employment agency. I took a typing test and two boys in suits went in for interviews. And I said, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. And at that exact time, Gloria Stein is is marching down Fifth Avenue. Right. You know, and uh, she, she I've met her a few times in my life. I'd say she's a friend and she's remarkable what mm. these women, these women did. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and I really feel there are only two different kinds of people on this planet. And that's men and women that are inherently different, chemically different. Mm-hmm. All the rest of us just come in different flavors, like Baskin right. Robbins, 31 <laughs> flavors. We, we, we are very, very different. And, uh, you know, at one time we were goddesses. Yes. We gave life. Yeah, we still do. And then, with, you know, yeah. And then with the advent of organized religion mm-hmm. and these things, then we were we were pushed down suppressed that's over because oh yeah well you know i've said it has much as they try and turn the clock backwards and put women back a barefoot pregnant in the kitchen we are out of the womb and you can't put the baby back no no and for our sisters in the middle east and in other Mm -hmm. countries where they're abused and taken as slaves and this kind of thing don't worry we're coming yes because there's facebook and there's the internet Yes. And they're watching and they're listening and they're saying, if they can do it, we can do it. But the other thing, too, nothing ever changes without some form of revolution. You know, oh, I, yes. have, I have a saying, yes. you know, action, actionism is talking about the problem. Um, activism, rather, is talking about the problem. Actionism is doing something about it. We've talked long enough. It's now yes. action. Now, we don't yes. have to take up pitchforks. We don't have to take up arms. We have to realize we are a weapon with our voice, with our persistence, with our standing together. And as, with women, our, as, as, as women, as a force of loving yes. energy, because we actually achieve more in the loving vibration than you do in the yes. hate retro- and fear rhetoric. Because yes. we're the creators. The the- right. Yes. But again, there's our sisters that live in these countries that cannot um uh physically fight back they'll be killed stoned by their own father or brother yes yes and uh i've traveled a great deal in the middle east and was schooled intensely on this and um you know it it it, it's it's i'm not being a person that's not afraid to speak out how did you navigate that oh directly if, when I was in Chechnya, they had weapons. So that was a different story that will be in my memoirs. I was taken and, and not gotten to where I was supposed to go. Um, but in, in normal, Jerusalem is a great, a great example. 
um, because Jerusalem is in, divided into four parts. It's Armenian, Christian, Jewish, and Muslim. So you can just keep going down and down corridors and discovering new things. And it's magnificent because you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You can feel the spirituality. But then you can also feel all the politics and, yes. and, and nonsense. Um, but I basically, um, when I would travel in different countries around the Middle East, uh, I remember one story in particular, I'll tell you, maybe this will put it in perspective. I was sitting in someone's house who was very powerful. And there was a man there wearing his whole outfit. And there was a little woman sitting next to him like a little mouse. And he says, I have 105 grandchildren. I'm like, that's nice. Okay. And he still rides his horse. He's like 90. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, and then somebody took me in the other room for a minute. And they said, you know, the woman sitting next to him is his oldest daughter. She can never be married. Her job is to take care of him. Yes. So then he starts to give me a lecture on my daughter that I just adopted from Lithuania and how I have to treat her and bring her up. And I looked at him and I said, really, is that exactly what you've done with her? And he just looks at me like, if you were one of us, I'd have you dragged out of here in a second. Yeah. But I knew he couldn't. He couldn't touch me. Mm -hmm. But I had to say it had to be said. Yes. But I pick my when I'm in those countries, I pick my battles very carefully. Right. I will use all my diplomacy and BS on you. So you think you've got everything you need from me. And then I will turn around and do exactly what I want to do and then rat you out in my memoirs. Right, exactly. <laughs> I I've taught my I've managed to <clears throat> get myself into some positions and places in life that one shouldn't find oneself in. And there was one time in Washington, D.C., I borrowed my friend's car for the day and I was going back and I took a wrong turn. And I'm down this road and it looks kind of quite barren. Nobody there. I saw three guys standing there and wind down the window. And there are people of color. So I thought, OK, I'm not going to speak anything with my South African twang. I'm going to make sure I speak very British here. And I've always found that playing Dizzy Blonde really does work. And so I'm the dizzy blonde that's lost, very British. And I noticed that these guys had chains around them. And I, okay. And it's, uh, but I appealed to them. I'm lost. I'm this and that. I'm from England. I love your country. Da, 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 da. All of a sudden, there's more guys out there. And eventually, they just guide me back to the highway. Mm-hmm. I get home to where my friend is. She's a historian. She has a friend over who's a cop. He says, you were where? You did what? He said, please don't go down there and fret for their life. How did you get down there? They did what? What? They just couldn't believe it. And I believe, you know, I've got myself into a lot of predicaments, but I've always appealed to the different nature. Appealed to the human nature of the person. To the human nature of the person. No, it does not work if the person is either totally on an ego trip or high. Because then they're just that way. Then you're out out of luck. But I have a similar story. And I'd like to say something about um, our black and brown brothers and sisters who have grown up in these ghettos. And, you know, I I grew up under the same kind of yoke. So I understand, but I don't understand what it is to be a woman of color. But I understand what it is to be a woman. If you're a woman of color, you can double down. Yeah. Okay, excuse me. Um, So I got lost in, in Compton. (laughs) <laughs> and my Korean assistant is having a nervous breakdown. It's a guy. 
And I'm like, will you stop? So I pull into a candy store. The candy store is encased in plastic. So the guy behind the thing isn't completely robbed or killed. Right. And, you know, I understand this. This is what has happened because of the breakdown of the family, the rise of the gangs. Mm -hmm. I understand the history here. And I have always, always reached out and try to talk on a human level mm-hmm. and, and, and a sister level with anybody, regardless of what your background is or how much money you have or certainly mm-hmm. what color you are. I yeah. don't care what color you are. I don't care either. So, so I, I'm lost. So the guy in the candy store knows nothing. I go out as a kid. He's dressed all in red. So I know he's one of the bloods. Right. And I'm in his territory. I said, dude, I am totally lost. I, I, he says, where you got to go? I said, I got to go back to Sunset Boulevard and this thing. He says, all right, let's get a piece of paper because it's a little complicated. And he's writing this whole thing down for me. And I'm saying, there is no difference no. between this guy and me. There is no difference. The only difference is, is that I was white. I was raised by parents who were absent but smart and then showed up later. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky. Yeah. I was lucky. Whereas these guys, he's been crapped on. His mother's and father have been crapped on. Their grandparents crapped mm-hmm. on. So it becomes a generational thing. And they're looking to belong to something. Exactly. So they get involved in these gangs. Yes. And I think it's up to us to embrace it, you know, I say, I say, you know, you should have friends. Your friends should look like the United Nations. Mm-hmm. If you have, if I walk in and somebody introduces me to all their friends at their party and everybody's white, I know that I don't like this person. Yeah. Why do you, why are you not trying to do what's best for our country and best for us as human beings growing up that you don't have people from all different races and learning from them. Yes. Because you have a lot to learn from them. Mm -hmm. I grew up with these kids in the orphanage. So I learned, Mm -hmm. I was schooled Mm -hmm. quite quite quickly. Um, But I have a a black goddaughter. Mm -hmm. And she has to deal with all this crap. I know. The husband doesn't pay child support. And I'm like, where's my baseball bat? (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 because you can't go to court. And the courts do nothing. They no, don't they don't know anything. guys in jail. And, 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 and she's struggling and struggling, the strength mm. of the black woman. And I turned around. Uh, her name is Andrea. And I turned around to her. I said, do you realize the strength of the people and the pride of the people that you come from? Do you mm-hmm. have any idea? Mm-hmm. What did they, what they survived in America and what they came from. These are amazing people. And this is how you have to look to. And I love Viola Davis just did that woman. That that woman thing. I just loved it. I just loved it because they laid all of it out. You know, she's saying, why are you selling our own people? Yeah, exactly. Dublin started as as a Viking slave port. Mm -hmm. Everybody was enslaved. Yes. Everybody, but I think as Americans, and especially the last couple of years with everything that's been going on with this brutality and all these things, and then people are victims of crime, so it's back and forth and back and forth. You have to reach out. Yeah. You have to reach out. 
and have friends and have these discussions. And they're hard. Yeah. But you have to have these discussions and learn, learn that it was easier for me mm-hmm. as a white woman. If I was a black woman at that time, probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it was quite an education for me as a teenager moving to South Africa. Oh, uh, boy. And, that must have been something. Well, I mean, for me, right, they're, they're, they're just a different color. You know, I was kind of a bit clueless to the politics. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, I got into a, a lot of trouble by kind of friending and, you know, the gaffers. By your own you know, people. Uh, by your by own my people. own people. Yeah. I mean, um, I was yeah. engaged at one point to an Africana whose father was boss, bureau, state security. And he was still oh, fighting. Great. You're right, the Ahman. Yeah, and he was still fighting the Boer War and hated the yeah, fact my, that my I was British. My great in the Boer War. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you know, look, when you've got that kind of, you know, and this is what we're seeing right now, we're seeing this desperate need to hold on to something that's already yes. gone. Yes. It's not, we've already so yes. far forward. And yes. then it, please let go and evolve because you're holding yourself back, never mind everyone else. Of you're, course. You're causing yourself the pain and the suffering. Why? Of course. This, this, this is the thing. You know, I go to refugee camps and um, I've been in quite a few of them. Um, and one, the most recent one is Syria, the Syrian refugee keeps mm. in, uh, re- refugee camps in Jordan. Because I mean, what, what this president has done bombing. I mean, if you look at pictures of Syria before and now mm. it's, it's, it's obliterated. So I'm in a refugee camp with 2 million people living in UN tents. Yeah. And they go and sell their tents and make like a fifth Avenue where you can shop. There's a tobacco shop, a guy is selling wedding dresses, a guy is selling washer dryers. And with the guy that I'm still friends with who runs the whole thing. He's like the chief guy, you know, because you can always get somebody that's really pissed off and Americans there, you know, mm-hmm. which I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally get why you're pissed at us. Um, but that's our politics. That's mm-hmm. our, our politicians that need a major cleanup. Okay. Oh, I mean, God. Please. Yeah. Please. Across yeah. the board and across the world, yeah. Oh, come on, come on. Yeah, you know, let's grow up. Oh, I should be just before you go any further. Just before you go any further with that thought, I, because you said that, I have to tell you the saying that was given to me: "The universe is shaking us up to wake us up, for us to step up and change up and grow up, grow up vibrationally and grow up as a human I race." I love that. Please send that to me in a text. I will do. <laughs> okay, do that because it's it's so it's so true. You know, I said we need term limits and we need to outlaw yeah. lobbying. Okay, hundred percent. Do that. I don't want a ninety-year-old senator that can't find the bathroom voting on how much money welfare recipients can get. No, I and I don't. Want- I just don't want politicians and e-commerce to be in the same verbiage you, you can't buy the politician they just cannot buy politicians exactly they a give... set amount that people in in exactly. an election can spend and yep. anything over and above that billionaires can't come in and buy the position they want i'm sorry no that and they is can't not, buy favors that is they not can't buy favors. No. listen there was always you know because i've studied the founding fathers now intensely and you know so they, they, what's really amazing about them is they came from position, a lot of them. Yeah. And they, they were willing to give all that up in order to be free. Because if they were caught, if they were defeated, they were dead. Yeah. That was it. And there's a very funny story down here in Kipps Bay. It's called the Battle of Brooklyn. Washington and his guys look out 
and there's 300 British warships. And he goes, run. Mm -hmm. And they run up Broadway, which if you've ever been to New York is a diagonal street because it was an old Indian trail. Mm -hmm. And he fought a guerrilla war because, you know, the, the, the British would not accept the fact that people wanted to start a new way of living. You know, and it is um, a New York, not New York back home. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And you know, it's very interesting because very few people know that Jefferson actually introduced into the Virginia legislature when they were still op- operating, uh, 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 you know, operating as a colonial entity. He the abolition of slavery, mm-hmm. and they threw things at him. What are you crazy? So I think that's a sense where they say, you know what. We got to leave it for the next generation and the next generation after that. And I say right now, we've got to let these old dinosaurs die. Oh, I agree with you. I agree. It, it, they, they have to go and you have to get fresh blood of all different races in there representing what America really was meant to be. I know that Ben Franklin and these guys were too smart not to know that eventually America would be made up of all people. Well, the whole thing about us as human beings and and, and from a, a spiritual level on the calling of what I'm here to do, we have to raise our consciousness. That consciousness, mm-hmm. which is kindness, mm-hmm. caring, consideration, compassion, collaboration, yes. love. Uh, scientists have now actually measured people that, that live on that vibration of love, where you can't knowingly hurt anyone else to do so is to hurt yourself. And they know that people exactly. are resonating on a higher frequency. On that higher frequency, you're actually opening to actually channeling the wisdom that will resonate your heart in truth, that will lift your spirit into action, and it will allow your mind to know what it needs to know, when it needs to know it, and get out of the ego brain and understand there's a collaboration between the universal knowledge and the human knowledge. And it's when we put the two together that we're really empowered. And it's only through the raising of our consciousness an awareness of each other's each other's pain. And a lot of the reason why people won't raise their consciousness, it's painful. Because you're now acknowledging the pain that we've been inflicting upon each other. But we have yes. to go through that pain. We have to have empathy and compassion for that pain in order to put it right, to put a stop to the pain and help people heal. Exactly. exactly. We have to help one another. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, espe- I'm especially, especially active in women helping each other. You know, young women that want to be photographers, I bring yes. them in as interns. And, and I say to them, okay, tell me, you know, in the summer, tell me what they're not teaching you in school. <laughs> in unison, everything. I said, okay. <laughs> so we spent all that money and we owe all these loans now. I'm going to teach you how to run a photography business. Mm-hmm. Because lighting and shooting the picture, that's going to make up about 10% of everything that Kim does. Okay. So I'm going to teach you everything else. And now four of them have got full-time jobs working for the photographers, learning, learning, learning. But now they know the essence, all those little secrets that none of those guys are going to tell them Yeah. about how to get in somewhere, how to act on the set, how to do this, how to do that, how to just stay under the radar so that there's no problem and then bust out on your own when you're ready to do it. And I, I, I feel a very keen thing to keep helping women because we're still in America at 70, I think it's 77 cents on the dollar that we're making. And um, to men, 
And um, that's why so many women are going off and being independent, forming their own businesses, right? right? That's why the pandemic was so great. Yes, it was a redirect. It was was a wonderful pivotation of, of people going, why am I still doing this? This gives me the opportunity to pause, rethink, reevaluate, and redirect where I really want to go. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I would, may I read something from my book? Please, please, please. Okay, because it, it applies exactly to this. So let me just go to this page. And this is me when I'm struggling. Where am I going? What am I doing? And I, um, I decide, I make the decision to go to film school. And I make the decision to go to film school at NYU that is down on 4th Street in the village. So here I am on the train. The minutes flash by like express stations, light, 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 darkness, light. I will not die slowly like this. I will create my own world. Oh, fear, you are my lover. I look up at him, rocking back and forth, hypnotized by the promised pension. Not me. I will fly, escape, soar. He stays on, head down, strapped in tightly at the gate. Further down the tube he goes to the end and the wall and death by cubicle. (laughs) Yes, I'm kind of refer to many people as the walking dead or the living dead, you know, because they're just, they're so waiting for life to happen to them. Yes. That nothing is happening. Yes. I would see these people on the train, you know, after you go to the same stop to go get the train, like every day going to school, I would see the same people over and over and over again. And I'm saying to myself, Whoa, 40 years of this and there's no AC. No, 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 no. So see, it was the fear of that. That's what I want yeah. to get across to people, that 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 it was the fear of being just blah. Yeah. Just, just, it, it was that, it was the fear of being one of those lemmings, going into those tiny little boxes, like Sting says. Humanoids. And, and like, <laughs> and you're going to the office and you're coming back and you're going to the office and yeah. you're coming back and then Robert Maxwell steals your entire pension. You know, I mean, it, it, you can see these people in court begging the judge and I'm like, I am not going to put myself in this position to be one of these people. Now, that being said, there's a lot of my friends that can never understand how I did what I did because they like the security of a check on Friday and I respect them with all my heart. I don't know what that security is like even now. 11 years, I am lousy. I'm very good at supporting other people in their own business, but not my own. Why aren't you charging for your show, Sarah? And I say, I do everything by free will. That is my spirit essence, and it's all done by donation. It's up to other people if they feel they want to support me or not. And that is just, it's, it's annoying, but unfortunately, that is the thread that I'm at. Uh, like you, I could not, I mean, I don't know if you know anything about true colors, but they represent the four key personality traits. 
And, you mm -hmm. know, there, there's the inquisitive, you know, the, the, the people that see the possibilities and want to make it happen, the people that really yes. want to dissect and where where's the data on this and the people just give me the, the manual and I'll build it. And then there's the other one, which is me, which is flapping in the wind. I, just please don't even show me a box. I, you know, you can't contain the wind. You can't trap me in there. I am air. Right. I, even when I touch ground, it is just a springboard back up. I am whatever the wind wants me to be. And sometimes I'm a hurricane, sometimes I'm a breeze, sometimes I'm just standing still. But I cannot be I cannot be or do what my core won't allow me to do or be. Exactly. Exactly. And whether that comes down from my DNA, my childhood experience, whatever it comes down to, I want to say to any of the women that are listening, um, if you feel like, you know, what is your dream? What is your, is Joseph Campbell, one of mm. the, I mean, amazing. You should listen to his speeches on, on the history of man and myth. Mm. Uh, Star Wars was built on his, you know, he says, you, follow your bliss. Yeah. What yeah. is it that you love? That be that love. Be you that love. Yeah. Be that love, but also do that love. Yes, because when you are it, you'll do it. Exactly. Then right. you will live 40 years of happiness and never work a day in your life because you're doing what it is to exactly. be happy. And and if that, that will reflect on the, the man or woman you marry, the children yep. that you have, that's what you'll pass down. That'll be your legacy. And if you want to work in an office and do that, God bless you. Thank you, because I can't do it. I'm exactly. incapable. I'm dyslexic. Yep. I can't type. It can't file, can't keep Thank it God up. for Grammarly. <laughs> I'm strictly a writer when person. I got a computer because it, I couldn't read my own writing and, and the order that things were in, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I want those women to know that they have every choice in the world, that they can be, you can be anything you want to be. You just have to make up your mind. And if there's anybody in your life that's, that's trying to stop you from being that, you need to eliminate them. Exactly. Push now, back, not in my back. not in my middle ages way. In yes. my current way. <laughs> yeah, I will okay. exterminate. You need, you need to re-examine. <laughs> yeah. You know, you need to re-examine who you're surrounding yourself with. I had a husband, God rest his soul, he passed away about three or four years ago. He encouraged me and supported me in everything I did. I would walk in and say, Hi, I'm leaving for Libya. Barbara Walters is photographing Gaddafi. The expression on his face was priceless. <laughs> he was, oh my God, oh my God. You know, because the State Department said, like, you're on your own, bye. Yes. You know, and he wanted to do a good PR stint. So we got Barbara Walters. I was her photographer. And God rest her soul. Mm -hmm, great and, um, you know, he packed me my fantastic meal <laughs> so that I wasn't eating that garbage airplane food. And I would open it up and he put tons of garlic in my mashed potatoes and the garlic was <laughs> You know, going all through the airline cabinet. I'm just like, you know, what can I say? My husband loves me. He yes. makes sure I'm packed for the trip. But he also and would never, ever in a month of Sundays, however fearful he was of where you were going next, ever hold you back because to do so would be to deny who you are. Mm -hmm. People said to me, weren't you afraid? Mm -hmm. I said, yes. It's sensible but, fear though, right? But yes, but I'd be more afraid and because I would get depressed. Yeah. And yeah. then I would get a hit by a bus crossing Fifth Avenue to pick up my antidepressants. <laughs> yes. And what an end would that be for my book? 
that really sucks. If I'm shot in Chechnya or, or you know, I'm, you know, taken away or, you know, something terrible happens, I go down, whatever happens, I did it with style. Yes, exactly. Uh, talking about the word depression, do you get it? Because somebody mentioned something the other day. Because mm-hmm. I, I suffer from it a lot. And it, and she said mm-hmm. it's more environmental depression or, or circumstance depression. You know, for me, it's empathic depression. When I am feeling what's going on in the world, I, yeah, it really, okay. and that kind of, that depression goes in there, that rabbit hole. Um, I've learned how to curb it a great deal now, but, you know, it used to be very consuming. And really, it's not the depression over my own life. It's the depression of what I'm feeling out there. So kind of yes. the environment or, you know, yes. circumstantial depression. And I think that we like to just put a word depression and think that's it on its own. But what's causing it? And Yes. And it also had a stigma. Yes. And, you know, we need to drop that now. OK. Yeah. You know, because all of you are hiding secrets and, you know, yeah. we know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and if you don't have any depression at all, you're probably a psychopath. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, yes. The empathic depression that I suffered after 9-11 was crippling. Yeah. Crippling. Yeah. Like somebody pulled uh, your guts right out. I don't want to describe the kind of things as New yeah. Yorkers we saw, yeah. but it was horrific. Yes. Absolutely horrific. And, and I could feel the pain. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I was depressed uh, about a week earlier. I was sitting on the beach by myself and a friend of mine went by and I was staring out of the ocean and he says to me, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. Something very heavy is coming and I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And that was the empathy to whatever I'm picking up. Yes. It's going to happen. The so, frequency yes. was already changing. And, and yes. the thing is, we can't stop it. Even if you know something no. is happening. I, before COVID came, I said something globally is going to happen that's going to shake this world up. And it's going to shake us up in such a way that it's going to change life how we know it forever. But I had no idea what it was. I just knew it was coming. Yes, I've, take, I've taken big losses in, uh, in COVID. I've lost four of my best friends. Mm. And it's made me incredibly depressed. Yeah. Miss them terribly, miss my mother. I was so glad she died before the pandemic. Yeah. Because I would have stopped her from shopping in a wheelchair with her caretaker, Doreen. Shout out to Doreen, the best ever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they would have been miserable. Yes. Um, but, you know, yeah, there's things from my childhood to come up. Mm-hmm. While I'm writing my memoirs, you know, there's these decisions. Do I tell all about what this person did to me? Do I yeah. not tell about what this person did to me? Will I get sued? Will they come after me? Uh, I want to get revenge. Do I is it really revenge? <laughs> or is it telling my truth? You know. So yeah, I think I think it's normal to have ups and downs. Yes. And I do think for very sensitive people, they do get stuff that comes in on the astral plane oh, and also boy. travels through the universal subconscious. as Neil Gaiman's Sandman so eloquently put it you know I live you don't dream Morpheus he lives in the universal subconscious I do too and you know when I go to bed at night I talk to myself and I say how great tomorrow is going to be I'm going to feel great I'm going to wake up feeling great and I do every organ in my body how restful it is how relaxed it is and how healthy it is and I've seen it manifest day after day after day after day because well, the, I'm sitting down into my subconscious. Yes. The agenda. And while I'm sleeping, 
My, we only use what seven percent of our brains. The rest is our subconscious mind. Yeah, and yeah. that's where the deep dive in the art of fear goes. Mm-hmm. Is to confront that. Yeah, and I also confront it in Alice in Opioid Land because I said when they did my first, yeah. you can see all of these on. You can't see the complete art of fear on my site because it's too big a book. You can mm-hmm. write to me at my website, and I will send you a book. Um, when I had the operation. They got me addicted to drugs because they said, oh, we've done everything we can. You have complex pain syndrome and and I'm super depressed. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, out of that experience of becoming a full blown addict, I did Allison and Opioid Land mm-hmm. and I dedicated it to the Sacklers who made OxyContin. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen Dope Sick, I recommend that show for everybody because it lays it out what they did. And um, I mean, deliberately addicting people. Of course. Buying the doctors, buying the pharmaceutical guys that go and sell it, get it out, get it out. Oh, no, it's safe. It's very non-addictive. It's as as most of the drugs that they do push out there, it's all. Yes. It, yeah. yes, yes. And so then I got back. I did Alice in Opioid Land, how she just becomes enamored of her mother's medicine chest. And the white rabbit is selling cocaine. Mm-hmm. The caterpillar is up to no good with that mushroom. <laughs> you know, Lewis Carroll wrote that at a time in Victorian England where you could get that stuff right over the counter without a prescription and the right. apothecary. Yeah. Yes, I, so, I, I remember that. That, that uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's actually how it was just like kind of so utterly creative. And of course, back in the day there, you know, LSD was actually something that did give people a lot of body experience and was fantastic for creativity, etc. But as with anything, when there's capitalism involved with it, and I've actually interviewed quite a number of people who got caught on opioids, taken after an accident, taken yeah. getting better, uh, and then the addiction and the criminal that they became. In oh, order sure. to keep that addiction going. Oh, I didn't have to become a criminal because they kept they kept plowing me with it. Mm. But they, society makes you feel yes. like a criminal. You feel like a criminal because I'm an addict now. Yeah. And I had to admit that yes. and go to my gynecologist for help. I went to her. And she was fantastic. She had a son that was a psychiatrist that dealt with addiction. And between the two of them, they weaned me off and I was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so now what I devote myself to now are things that are important to share. Yes. Addiction, the art of fear, and my band books that I'm doing. Right. Well, tell us about the band books. The band books started with me remembering, I was very good friends at Ray Bradbury, who wrote Fahrenheit 451. Yes. In the future, firemen burn books to stop the spread of knowledge in order to control the masses. Mm hmm. And he watches a woman rather die with her books than get out of her house. Mm -hmm. And it changes him. And at the end of the book, he gets to meet people who have memorized entire books and joins the Yes. So I said, wouldn't it be interesting to paint a quote on a naked body from the book that's Mm -hmm. been banned? Yeah. And now it's taken on a life of its own. I'm working on a complete book. I just spoke at the New York Public Library, the big one, on this very topic at Band Books Week. And now I'm getting ready for next September's Band Books Week. Now you can see some of them on my website. Mm -hmm. So if you go in there, you can see I've done uh, 
a, a whole bunch of them, uh, you know, um, and picking very clearly. And of course, this year, it's all about the queer community. Right. Because now their books are getting banned terribly. And I don't know if people know this, but you've got to be very aware of what your city council and people are doing in your neighborhood. Right outside of Detroit, they, they closed the library because the librarian tried to negotiate. I'll keep all those books underneath. You know, like, we'll do it yes. like the movie system. There'll be X, there'll be R, there'll be GP. And, and oh, no, 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 no. And this is coming from the right and the left. Mm -hmm. And they they finally they finally said you're fired. And now in Florida, under DeSantis, that librarian can get a third degree felony. Okay, now that is the most un-American thing that I've ever heard. And this guy thinks he's going to run for president. I know, scary. You you better. That's the kind of thing. And I predict that we're headed for another revolution. Oh, I've I've been saying that for the last six years. Okay, so we were definitely separated at birth. <laughs> yeah, because things have to change. Yes. Because the good people, the people that are honest and righteous and want the best thing and want to help people that uh, have nowhere to go. And, and you know, I traveled through Ukraine in the 90s when the wall fell, getting people out and documenting and taking photographs of them getting out. And I became friends with so many people. Then when Putin attacked, I'm, I'm posting, give to the Ukraine, give to the yeah. Ukraine. And, and a woman actually said to me, she called me on the phone. She said to me, are you all right? And I said, yeah, why? She says, well, I see you posting all this stuff about the Ukraine. I said, yeah. And she says, well, you know, I mean, I said, you know, I was, I'm trying to be polite. And I said to her, you know, I worked there for many years in the 90s. She says to me, oh, so it's personal. And that's when the other Kim turned around and I said, yes, it is. And why isn't it personal to you? Exactly. Somebody's children, suffering. Children yeah. are being killed. I saw a Dutch couple standing at the border on TV with a sign, we can take eight. Right. They had driven from the Netherlands. Yes. And I said, this is the way we all have to be. I 100% agree. I had, and, I, I had, I had a show just... Last week, I think it was, with a woman, um, American woman who knew a, a Ukrainian woman and her daughter got caught um, when the bombing started happening. And she spent five weeks kind of in a basement with people. Uh, where she only had first aid. She's trying to save people who are bleeding. People are dying all around her children. She had a dog with her. Every time they tried to go out, they would de shut down. Some people try and go out at night and get food. And they, it just was absolutely horrific. And they said they, this was not warfare. This was annihilation. And she managed to oh, get out, go to Poland. And, and now they're both in America and she's trying to heal, right? Uh, but it is, the, and this is the thing is that when, when people are so ignorant to make a statement like that, is that you have absolutely no understanding of what suffering is. Yep. Yep, and whatever you're putting out there, that you're pretending that you, because I watch your other posts, yeah. you're full of shit. Yeah. So are you allowed to say that on podcast? Yes, and mine you are. <laughs> okay, so what I want to say, what I want to say is that at this stage of my life, all the, 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 a lot of, the, you know, I do a lot of commercial stuff. I still make a living, I have to. But in all my spare time, I'm doing things now that are societally important. I agree. The banned books, the drug addictions that are going on, 
okay? And how to conquer your fear and follow your bliss and be happy. And that is the legacy that I want to leave. I want, and, and it's so important to me to do that. I hear you. And, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I hear you. It's the reason why I do what I do. You know, people yes, say, to, yes. why are you interviewing criminals? They went to jail. I said, because they understand where they went wrong. And they understood what took them there. And now they are an example of how to redeem themselves and take a different path and and be that inspiration so somebody else doesn't take the same path as them. We have so much to learn from them. Exactly. Are you kidding? What a stupid question. I know. Sorry. No, 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 no. I know. It's, it's, you know, know, I do have eight different genres. I'm very, very diverse here. And I've got what I call early entry spiritual people to extreme you know, total different universe type uh, spiritual people as Mm -hmm. as well as I do with business and everything else. But for me, does the story come from the heart? Is what you're doing going to benefit someone else? Is this something that's going to enable a life to pivot in a better direction? And does your story, however, I believe me, God, have I heard some horrifics. I mean, there's some people. I I know. I know. And yet, who they are today, who they are today. Is, All I is have like, to do I is wish, look in the mirror. Okay. Like when I grow up, you know, it's just like they are extraordinary people. Right, right. Yeah. Because they, they have managed to do that. And um, I think that that my my business training and working with people and working with a lot of commercial people and movie stars and presidents and prime ministers and all that stuff. That is so valid and so good. And it's what I do now. And I photograph executives and I do a lot of things. But I'm able to walk in there with all that humility that I learned in the Syrian refugee camp. Exactly. From a lady that had nothing that said, oh, please come. And she gives me a little piece of bread with a tomato on it and is making coffee. Yeah. And I'm sitting on a rug and I've got my 19 year old with me because she's getting schooled right now, yeah. what an entitled life she's had. Mm-hmm. And well, how long have they been here? Two years. Mm-hmm. Well, when did they get to leave? We don't know. We don't even know where they're gonna go. Exactly, that's why I give my total blessings and you know, may Allah bless him, the King of Jordan mm-hmm. said, come in. They're yeah. a poor country. Yes. And uh, you know, it's just, so if there's anybody out there that's doing nonprofit stuff and you need photography, call me. Uh, I've got <laughs> many I love of them. to be involved in, in anything that's helping other people. Yes. You know, because like, look, we all have to make a living. That's the bottom line. We all have to eat. Yeah. There's no reason that you can't do something that also benefits other people at the same time. It's the integral part of our purpose. Yes, it is. That transaction of I'm taking money for something that I know that the service or the goods I'm giving. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, this is, I've done some shows on on immigrants and and every single one of them has said, and this here in Canada, we're short, in my province, there are a million people and one of them without doctors. And we're shortage of nurses and doctors and everything else. And, And they're saying is that, it is time to take the barriers down with the immigrants that come in and and immigrants 
are willing to work because they're very grateful for the fact that they've got a new life and they know that in order to have this new life, they're going to have to work and find their place in it. Where you've got the other people out with their flags and they're protesting and they're this and that, me rights, me rights, me rights. You have no idea what your bloody rights are, what exactly. you're standing for. You're, you're an American. Uh, let's just drop you. Let's drop you for a day in Ukraine. That's what I say. I'm just going to leave you for a day in Chechnya. Yeah. Yes. Let's see how you do. Yes, or in Russia. <laughs> right. We'll drop you there. Or as a, a woman, yeah, on my TikTok, let's just go put you in Iran for a day. Oh my God, there's no Wi Fi. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. And it's like, you know, please, folks, you, you are talking not even first, they're not, they can't even refer to it as first world problems. It's not a problem. You've made it a problem because there's so much entitlement out there. Yes. And there's so much of this opulence and it's all it, this yes. narcissism that we have bred. Oh, my God. It's just, well, you've got ah. to look at, just look at the reality shows and a specific family that yeah. introduced those reality shows. Yeah. So that they turned an entire generation of girls into only worrying about how you look, the Botox, mm-hmm. it, it, having a surrogate so your body doesn't get messed up. How much money are we getting paid for this? So I'm trying to raise a teenage daughter. What do you want to do? I want to be famous. Like Kim Kardashian. Let me be like the Kardashians. I want to be back. (laughs) They don't do anything. No. What are they contributing? Completely, (laughs) completely taken a generation of women. You see them on Instagram who all want to be famous for their looks. I know. And for their sexuality. Yes. I thought we were and moving away exactly, from that. This oh. is exactly the way we don't want to go. No. Listen, I meet a guy. I'm like, well, you know, he's cute. I hope he thinks I'm cute. But it's coming from in here. Yes. It's, they're living the and outside life out because they're buying, they're buying the advertising. Right? They're, I'm only going to be popular if I'm sexy, if I'm cute, if I'm this, if I'm that, or if I've got 10,000 likes. You know, that is the shallow way of thinking. I promise you, I guarantee you, uh, absolutely one trillion percent, you will never find any happiness in life by an outside <laughs> living life. Life is an inside out job. It That's is finding true. your passion, can... finding your calling, finding your meaning and purpose, finding your service, contributing and being a part of a community in a fruitful way. That's absolutely right. And if one thing I was going to say is, you know, I, I'm an immigrant. My um, grandfather was an immigrant. Well, yeah, he right. came in 1633, <laughs> but he was an immigrant. I'm definitely an immigrant. England, South Africa, America here. Yeah, so I'm well, definitely. Yeah. You know, listen, the last day, the last day of uh, Women's Month, I'm running a picture that I did of Lucy. Mm-hmm. Now, Lucy is the oldest woman that they've ever found. They found her in Africa. And I did my interpretation of her. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say I saved the best for last. This is the first woman, Lucy, out of Africa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when people start to realize that we all came from one place yes, and then we all moved out and populated the world, that's how it happened. So everybody's related. So you're related to the the president. We we accept that. (laughs) Now, you know, it's, I kind of look at his life as a buffet. You don't Mm -hmm. have to like every dish out there. You don't have to eat every one of them. But we also don't mm-hmm. have the right to say, you can't eat that because I don't like it. 
Exactly. Well, that's what's so great about America. You know, Why can't we, we just, all got just get along? House. <laughs> what? Why can't we all just get along? <laughs> well, you know, that didn't work out too well. Um, yeah. we, we, we just have to get in tune and pass this internet thing that did this to these children to understand how lucky we are to be Americans. Yeah. And or to be in another country that you get that to has be an individual. Right. And you have rights. Yeah. Because believe me, when I tell you, we have people everywhere, they have no rights. And 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 you wanna you wanna do this and you wanna do that, and you're not gonna do anything. You're gonna do as you're told, you're gonna sit in the corner and you're gonna take care of your elderly father until you die. And that's going to be that. Yes. That yeah. broke my heart. Yes. A, a life thrown away. My... A life thrown away just to serve somebody's ego. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons yes. I left South Africa is it's such an exceptional country was the misogyny and the apartheid. I just right, couldn't live with it anymore. And the misogyny was just so incredibly high as well. And if it's such a beautiful country with beautiful people, but this this political agenda which I always feel gets in the way of everything, religion and politics. They, yep. they both need to completely be overhauled because they're meant to be here to serve the people. And instead, right. they're, they're, they're the division of the people. Um, and it's, they certainly uh, are. It, and it, it's time you for know. us to look at, you know, and, but as we're pointing fingers, and I say this all the time, we're pointing fingers, government, religion, this, like I said, there's three fingers pointing back at us and saying, well, what are you going to do about it? Exactly. What's your part in it? How, exactly. how are you going to change to, you know, you're one drop in the ocean. You know, everybody one drop I, in the I ocean makes the ocean. Kid, what are you going to do? I want every kid to read a banned book mm -hmm. and, yes. and not take opioids. Right. Yes. And not get caught up in the, the mass collective of a dysfunctional society and believe that is the norm and where you should be. I've got a book coming out later in the year called the Forgotten Children series. And it's a, each person will be continuing collaborating a chapter, but it's, it's how we have let our children down. A, we don't look at the beautiful essence that they are and nurture it and allow them to grow in it. We immediately right. pick them up, put them in school and say, this is your desk. This is your box. This is your, you know, you've got a, conform to this teaching and you cannot think out of that realm or religion that says you can only be this you can only be that um i had somebody on this morning that you know was saying that the, her daughter is binary and so they are navigating through that path without any judgment because they're just much in discovery of what that binary means to them mm -hmm. as it does to the child and to say that the binary is wrong who are we to say it who do we think we are to pass no, these judgments know. on we don't people? Know. We don't know. But, you know, the, we've got the, the extremists in religion, mm. the Christian right. I, I was a victim of that myself living in Charleston. You know, I was totally out of my element. Nobody wanted me there because I was an individual thinking woman that owned her own business. And I had an opinion about everything. Well, I was a spiritualist and burned me at the stake. Believe me. Just oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I have friends. I was wishing them all happy Ramadan yesterday. I have friends. Passover's coming. Who's inviting me over? You're right. I already told two people. Who's inviting me? You know, because things have changed so much. 
so many of my friends that were here are gone. Mm. They're, they've moved away. They've you know moved to different places. And, um, you know, it's so nice to learn about all these different religions. I, know. I, I don't want you. I think that Jesus Christ is this, like awesome dude. Yes. That did awesome things. Peace. And he was a magnificent teacher. Yes. Magnificent teacher and a revolutionary. Yeah. Yes. And, and a feminist. Yeah. And I want to know all about you. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to shove this down your throat. Right. And I'm right. not going to shove down that you can't read this book. I might say to my five-year-old, no, it's a little too early for you to read right. this book. You can read it when you're 10. <laughs> yeah. But you can, I'm putting it on the 10-year-old shelf. Feel free to grab it when you're 10. Right. But without trying that control. This yes. is all about control. Everything yes. is about control. And what and- controls people? Fear. Keep them in fear. You now have the strings to pull the perfect on <laughs> the book called Fear. Yes, exactly. And fear cripples us. It literally contracts us. And when we're contracted, there's no oxygen running through our body. There's no chi, no energy. And our mind has no clarity. It is just in a state of being. Yes, but it's also, yes, yes, exactly. And it's also that people are afraid to be individuals. Yeah. They want to be part of the crowd to feel like they're normal or they're, you know, because if you're, if you're outside of the box, you're going to be criticized. You got to find your own tribe. Yeah. You know, me 40 years ago burned to the stake, you know, (laughs) but you know, me now it's like, there's lots of women like me in business that I do business with. Do you consider yourself what I consider myself is I'm kind of a floater, a little bit of a chameleon. I, I can be here, I can be there everywhere, but I don't necessarily belong anywhere. Yes. I live yeah. in myself very connected to my higher power. I, my, my kids always say, mommy, join something, you know, go and be a part of something. And I said, it, it would be great, but I, I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I love individual. I love connecting. I love this and that. But can't be. I'm not a pack person. No, no. And if I'm in the pack, I'm running the pack. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm blaming. I'm blaming the Vikings. I'm blaming them all for that and for this. Okay, it's all their faults. I can't help myself. You know who knows? But I yeah. just want all those women out there to realize you can do whatever you want to do. There's nothing to stop you now. Nothing. And if you're living in the middle of nowhere, move to a big city. And if you've got somebody around you who tells you you can't, use that oh. as fuel to find out, well, just watch. All right? And, That's but right. please don't let, you know, this is, I grew up with, with, she won't be able to do it. She's uneducated. She hasn't got the right smarts. Being an asthmatic, I lost a lot of oxygen to the brain. But also, you know, I am dyslexic, but at the same time, I think I just am not wired the human way to see things. I am always exactly. seeing things from, from the cosmic universal way. So my comprehension of what I am seeing is a different channel to what you're seeing. But that means I'm not academic, but it doesn't mean I'm not intelligent. Exactly. That's the difference. And yeah. when you speak about wiring, I find this fascinating because I think that my soul arrived mm-hmm. as my soul did and occupied this body the day I was born. Yes. And then I grew up with, mm-hmm. with an organic brain 
that it starts to get wired by everything around you. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't wired normally. I was wired by abuse, fighting, abandonment, violence, and but this intellect that wanted to know everything and this individuality. I was like this from a very, very little kid. The individual, my soul came a certain way and then it was wired a certain way. Yes. So I had told you I had to correct things in my behavior. I had to do work on myself and then follow my passion and follow my bliss. And to yeah. hell with what everybody thought. I couldn't care less. But I had a great mom and dad with all their problems and everything that happened. They they were substantially. My father, when I was five years old, I thought I was Huckleberry Finn because he wrote he read me the book. Mm-hmm. And we lived in Florida. It was by swamps and everything. So my, for my fifth birthday, I got a machete. <laughs> because I was complaining that I couldn't get the coconuts open. I'd climb right. the trees, get the coconuts, but I couldn't get them open. So he gave me my own machete and then he gave me his belt so I could stick it in my pants. No shirt. Looked like a little boy. I got a crazy haircut. And I'm like, I'm off. I'm Huckleberry Finn. And, you know, the, the individual child that plays by themselves, their imaginations yes. grow and grow. Yes. I see these kids, they're on the internet 24 seven. And I'm like, we're like, get out of the house and play. You're, right you're just be- becoming brainwashed, a dummy. I, again, being so sickly, I would be three or four weeks at a time in bed on my own. My mom would be there breakfast, lunch, or dinner. If I had an asthma attack, she'd be there. Otherwise, I'd be in a room on my own. And so I couldn't live there. I went off dimensional traveling. I lived in other other realms. I go. had a complete life in other realms. I was also lucky enough to be in the era that I could take my doll's pram and go for a walk in the neighborhood for hours on my own. Right. Right. See, I had to be home before the street lights went off. I wasn't at the street lights. Stop. I was home before the street lights were a thing. But the, the point is we're safe enough to do it then. Now we panic if yes. we don't see our kids yes. in a view. But yes. I you know this is yes. something I've always said with my kids. I want you to have some time where you're doing nothing. Because there's so much to gain in nothingness. In being still and allowing your mind just to go where it wants to go. So true. It is It is so, I mean, I actually do not go to sleep without a movie going on in my head. Not one I've watched, one I'm making. Oh, yeah, 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 I know, me too. And and like, I'll wake up and I can, you know, the tactile I've touched, I've tasted. I'm also horribly fastidious on exactly where everything is, <laughs> you know, because I'm in the movie. I'm in the movie. It is real life going on in this parallel world while this body sleeps. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what's happening anyway. Yeah. Because you're asleep and your subconscious is bouncing around. Yeah. You know, learning, looking, seeing. That's why I talk to it before I go to sleep yep. consciously so that my subconscious says, oh, okay, I've got all these positive things that have been told to me. Let's manifest them now. Yeah. 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 And I just have to cooperate. Yes. Then it's get out of your way. <laughs> yes. Pick up the phone, make that list, get this done, you know. And uh, so um, it's been fascinating talking to you. I mean, I, I love well, your before you go, no, Before you go, you've mm-hmm. interviewed so many wonderful celebrities. And I'm sure, you know, you've bought out in them an essence of, of who they are behind, you know, behind the veil, so to speak. <laughs> Has there been any particular celebrity that you've photographed that kind of behind the veil has really astonished you or astounded you or marveled you? There were three of them. Mm-hmm. 
Bill Pullman, the actor, mm -hmm. who I became friends with after 9-11, who helped me with the art of fear. We became very, very close. And I could tell him anything and talk to him about anything. Uh, Neil Gaiman, who now is my muse, who looked at my art of fear work and said, you know, I love the celebrity stuff you do, but that gas mask stuff, there's mm -hmm. something about that. And my work after 9-11 went boom, because mm -hmm. I'm not the same person anymore. You're right. And then there's Stephen Hawking. Mm -hmm. Stephen Hawking. I know those are old guys, but yes. just off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. but the, there, there are several women. There are several women. Mm -hmm. um, but Stephen Hawking, you know, I walked in and people were going by the office trying to get a peek, a peek. I mean, this is the most brilliant man in the world. Yes. And his whole office is decorated with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and he's going to be, I do a read series and he's going to be reading a Marilyn Monroe book. So I put it in the side of his wheelchair and um, I'm telling the designers, look, what I want you to do is I want you to make him like a comet and he's coming around a planet and you have the stars and everything. That's the way I see it. And they did a fantastic job on the, the final product. But him and I are talking mm -hmm. and he's answering with his machine. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I have to get a good smile out of him. Yeah. And actually, it's the last time he smiled. Oh, really? I said to him, I said to him, all right, now, look, I'm not going to say anything. Because I know that at night, you and her are playing on the astral plane. Uh -huh. I know that's going on. But it's her tits, isn't it? <laughs> and he burst into this fabulous smile. And boom. <laughs> I got him. And we were friends a long time. Anything Marilyn Monroe I would find, I'd send him. Mm -hmm. CDs he could listen to all day. And uh, he just was just a, a great guy. Brilliant, but very, very natural. None very of kind of simple in a, in a very way, right? You know, what? the simple brilliance. It is what it is. It's what I see. That it, it kind of isn't the the big bells and whistles of what I've discovered. It's just the this is this is what I see. This is what it is. It's the simple. This is what brilliance. I this is what I do. And yeah. yes, it's it, it's who I am. But it's not all that I am. Yeah. I'm also a guy with a wicked sense of humor and exactly. a big Marilyn Monroe crush. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I love I love the, the you know the I lo my brother loves taking photography and you take it of scenes and and it, it's always capturing people in the everyday thing I'm making something mystical about it making something wondrous about it where you know you can almost see the bubble what's on their mind what are they thinking while they're doing that wanting yes. you to know more and I, and it's great to see a beautiful picture of someone smiling and this and that but it, it's like who are you really. Yeah, well, you can capture somebody in a very tight photograph and see something in their eyes and you yeah. capture it and you really got their soul, which used to be a primitive fear. You yes, know, they yes, that. yes. Um, and uh, a lot of people try to take my camera too when I've been in places and mm -hmm. I shot them doing something they shouldn't do, but um, but that didn't work out for them. Mm -hmm. um, it's, 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 it's really fascinating. There's been, I just want to say, there's been some women who have been, you know, Barbara Walters was a huge mm -hmm. influence, huge, because she was fearless. Yes. Fearless. But so, she was graceful too. Yes. Amazingly graceful. Yes. And, but she was so funny. They said mm -hmm. to her, we're in, we're in Libya and we're out in the field. 
And there's all these camels running around. And they said, Miss Walters, would you love to try some fresh camel's milk? She says, you know, my stomach was very funny this morning, but my photographer was just saying <laughs> she would love to try the camel's milk. I'm like, I'm going to kill you right now. <laughs> you know, she was little, but she was tough. And Tasty. there was a point they tried to get rid of me and bring in a guy. Mm-hmm. I went to her. Boom. No. Yeah. <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg did something like that. Um, you know, I, I've said I, I've met remarkable, remarkable Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people that I wish I had more time to talk to. Then I've met famous people that, you know, they believe their own press. Right, exactly. And that's bad. That's bad. Well, when you look but at the Walters I, and, you know, the Ginsburgs and, and people like that, you look at them and you go, they're very real into who they are. They yes. know what they stand for, but they do it with such grace that it does open the door for other people to let their guard yes. down. Yes, that's exactly right. Especially Ruth was like that. Uh, Barbara was tough and they knew that they were getting into something. They yeah. knew she was coming. It wasn't going to be a cake, you know, it was going to be a cakewalk. But um, yeah, you know, I, I've met such, you know, such famous people. And when I walk in and they're real, mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful feeling because that means they've gone through their ego. They've gone yes. through all that. And they've come out the other side and they're just, we sit down, you know, it'll be a president of the United States and he's packing to go move to the White House. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting on boxes and we're talking. Obama, you got him? No, not Obama. No, but now I'm related to him, so I just have to call. <laughs> exactly. What's up? What's up? We got to hook up. I have lots to tell you that you don't know about your mother's background. <laughs> you know, for, for you know, I've I've never, I've never been swayed by someone's position. You know, the limelight and the money and the this and that. No, I've always, you know, that is that's something you've accomplished, and maybe questionable how you've accomplished it. But for me, it's like. Your heart and soul, does it speak to me? Does right. your character speak? My my younger daughter is like this. She sees people from the inside out. I, I'm not buying the facade. Right. And I don't care how rich you are, how popular you are, how this or that. Is do I see you? And I remember being in a couple of business meetings with these people of da-da-da-da-da-da, and it was over a, a digital quantum electric motor, which I knew nothing about, but I was backing the person. And in the middle of the meeting, all this puff and puff, they look at me, you see me, don't you? <laughs> just very quietly yes that's great that's, that's great. all i had to do smile and say yes yeah didn't need to say anymore <laughs> yeah well i think because it's all through the facade that, yeah well that's it i think that people sense that about me mm-hmm. and i see yeah. it in them and we get along great and i think that that's been the secret to my success yes. is that i'm able to walk in and say hi i'm kimberly and you know it's something for people and you know 50 million people are going to see it at that time that's a lot of people and this yes. is a lot of responsibility and but you keep it dying. real and you make people feel real and that's why you get yes. the real picture right yeah let, you, them, you, be them, yeah. let them know that it's okay to be them yes you know we'll, we'll, let we'll your guard do down you know yeah the story is mm. we'll have to do something that reflects a story yes. but let's let's keep it the real you yeah 
And then that becomes just a wonderful journey. And I, I've had thousands of those. Yeah. Thousands. You've been completely blessed. I mean, you know, for a person, really, you didn't know where you were going. You just literally one foot in front of the other and let's see where the journey takes me. But you were very lucky to see opportunities and possibilities. And it wasn't like, well, can I or can't I? It was like, I don't know. Let's open the door and find out. Exactly. Exactly. And I had <laughs> somewhere deep in my soul, regardless of what I had been told about myself, yeah. I knew that I was special and that I could do it. Yes. God, God was there. My subconscious was yeah. there. You know, I believe in a great architect of the universe. I don't mm -hmm. think that you and I were walking along and like two amoebas and we got hit by a bolt of lightning and now we're on the internet. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That doesn't work. It's the We were theory. designed. I came here by contract. <laughs> yeah. I came here thousands of years ago by contract. I gave up my body and came as a conscience and I've been here to do the same work over and over and over again. Yes. I, I, I hope if that's the way that I, that I come back better than I was. Yeah. And I do bigger and better things uh, for humanity. Yes. Because you know, quite might... honestly, I'm going to be vain enough to say they need us. They need well, women like us. They need women yes. like us. We're, we're kind of no nonsense. We're, we come from a place of heart and soul. We want everyone to be the magnificent flawsomeness that they are. And, and we're going to not drag them or push them, but encourage them to believe in themselves and be the awesomeness that we know that they are. And, yes, you know, and to laugh at your flaws. That's when why it's awesome, right? I get hysterical laughing. Yes. Uh, but believe me, my kids keep me humble. They laugh at me all the time because I say things back to front or I have these sayings or the way I say something. They snigger all the time at me. You know, I'm a nice big joke, but it's okay. I keep them entertained. <laughs> There you go. What else can a mother do? My two-year-old grandson loves it. Well, of course he does, because, because he hasn't been programmed yet. Exactly. Exactly. We gobbledygook and, blah, 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 and do everything uh -huh. together, and I love it. Yeah. And it's a whole conversation, and it there's is. a lot being exchanged. Yep. Yep. I want to grandma's car. <laughs> Other people don't understand it, because it's no. your language. Yeah. And we have a wonderful rapport, because we have gone beyond the language. Right? So, yes. yeah. And I think that's something. Let's let's get out of our way. Let's get out of our ego. Let's get out of our fears. Let's get out of you should have, you you know you must you do this and just simply discover who we are. I do the analogy of this. We're all here to discover what instrument we are, to play it in a way that we can be that soloist and inspire people. But come together in an orchestra, and each and every one of us in our strength, and in harmony. Play in that orchestra a symphony that resonates and lifts everyone out as an invitation. Yes, that's beautifully said. Let's be the instrument that we are. Let's play it and play it proud, but know when to collaborate. Play on. Play on, play on, play on, play on. <laughs> right. Have you ever interviewed a particular musician that you just absolutely love the music? That the music, you, it yes. oozes. I know when I interview musicians, they are the instrument. It comes out of yes. them and everything they do. And, you know, and I can imagine that if you're capturing a musician, you know, that instrument of who they are just oozes out of them. Well, it was interesting because I was house photographer at Radio City for seven years. Mm. So everybody that entertained there, I photographed. So I photographed Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, uh. a lot of rock bands, Tony uh. Bennett. Um, so it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Aretha Franklin, who sang Respect to My Husband Directly. 
in the wow. first row. Because at Radio City, the first row is like almost on the stage. Wow. Um, but I used to get the first three songs, then I had to leave. Mm-hmm. And Tony Bennett let me sit on the top of the steps for the entire concert. And it was remarkable. What a lovely man. He, when you talk grace, right? He oh, is grace. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't buy into it. No. He say, I'm a saloon singer. <laughs> people try to get to me, what do you do? And I say, well, um, uh, I take pictures of people. Well, 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 well what do you do? You, you photograph children or and I say, no, uh, people, you know, and like, well, what kind of people? Well, fa- uh, famous people. Oh, you're a paparazzi. <laughs> no, no. And then they'll say, well, well, how, how did they find out about you? I mean, how do you get them to come? I'll say, they call me and say, Kim, we need Streisand shot and we'd like you to go. Mm-hmm. They think about that a long time. Who can handle a particular situation? Yes. When I was asked to go into war, when the Berlin Wall fall, fell and go into Chechnya and go into the Ukraine and go into all these countries, they said... And it was funny. It was the girl who was my boss at Radio City. And she said, there's only one person that I know that can handle this. And it wasn't celebrities. It was terrorists, gangsters. Russia went into its mafia (laughs) time. It was insane. But they're all people. People are people. Whether or not they're movie stars, executives, Mm -hmm. Or someone asked me, oh, Kim, please, 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 we just had a new baby. Will you come and photograph? Sure, I'll come and photograph the baby. Of course. You know, it, it doesn't matter. People are people. And if they're really smart and they've gotten, if they've attained great money or, or great wealth or great fame, they've got that under control. If not, it's going to kill them. Yes. Just look at the track record. Whitney Houston, lovely mm-hmm. girl, spent time with her. Yeah. Fame killed them. Michael Jackson, fame killed yes. them. Elvis. Distant cousin, fame killed him. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe, too sensitive. Yes. Too sensitive. She was used. Oh, horribly. And not yeah. who she was. You know, fame killed her. So you got to get that under control. You know, I had somebody once say something really demented to me. They said, you know, you've really got to start acting like who you are. And who okay. is that meant to be? <laughs> I, I, had, I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> I asked all the other voices in my head. And then, um, you know, because a lot of these people in my position were like hoity-toity and all Mm -hmm. their best friends were celebrities. And that's how they generated, you know, getting around and getting more work and doing this and doing that. And, you know, then there were the people that were just regular people like me and photographers, and they were my friends. Yeah. I got a shoot this and but I'll be back or you know the writer that would come with me and we go to you know somebody really famous's house and do what we have to do and it's it's just simple simple but when you buy into it yeah I think that just because I can take a photograph of a famous person makes me better than another human being is a ridiculous concept yes you're drinking your own kool-aid yeah yes to be kind to be kind yeah. and good and be the best human being that I can for the last laps that I hopefully that uh, God and uh, everybody waiting for me will be very happy with me. Well, that's why you're a door opener. 
because people know you're going to see the real them, that you're going to keep it real, and that probably in in their existence they're so treated as something different because of their fame. And it's really yes. nice to have someone who sees them for who they really are, where they can let that yes. guard down, let that facade down, and just yes. be who they are. I see it all the time. That's so it's so amazing that you brought that up because I see it all the time. And I just see them kind of like, wow, yeah. she's so cool. I'm like, don't worry about that. We'll do that later. You don't like that outfit? Then go change. Yeah. No worries. I'll wait. What's the problem? You know, yeah. I'm just, what's good for you? Are you comfortable? How are you feeling? You look, you know, and, and then they respond to that. They respond. Mm -hmm. and, and they do. They breathe easier. because You're taking being, interest in who they are, not the role they're playing. Well, yes, because... They, yeah, uh, but you know, to be famous and physically recognized, no matter where you go, is a really hard thing to be. Yes, and you can see how that starts to have an effect on your psyche. Yeah, you've got to be a very special person to be able to handle that, and it's not an easy thing to do. You can see why these superstars just go insane. Well, they, the microscope is on them all the time. They can't even breathe differently without it making some sort of news. And it's like, you know, God yes. forbid that they should trip and fall. You know, it's going to be, you know, something horrific. And it's, uh, and of course, w people love to put them up on a pedestal. But should they go, oh, did something wrong? Then they love to trample on them. Oh, right? yes. They Lovely the society. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes, it is. Uh. It is but you know what? <laughs> There's, there's, there's not, there's a, there's enough great people around yes. that I think we can turn everything around. Exactly. And keep evolving as a caring, loving, not me, us society. Yes. Again, my instrument for the collective, it's got, we've got to understand it isn't about us where I abstain from being a part of it. It's about bringing the best essence of who I am to the collective for my the benefit of all. Yeah. Yes, my individuality. Yes. Because you don't want to get sucked into a collective. No. no. You know, but it is it is that thing. instrument in the orchestra, right? And that's many different types of orchestra. We're not all under yes, one orchestra. That's a great but, metaphor. but all of the orchestras also have the same that respect of each other. It's not competitive. It's, it's, right. you see, you see, one of the greatest experiences I had was in Rome, just sitting at this wonderful bar with instruments sitting there. And one by one, performers came in from their gigs. They grabbed a drink, put a cigarette in their mouth, and started playing. Didn't even speak to anyone else. And they all started playing collectively That's together and, and transcending music, you know, and right. oh, heavenly, heavenly. You know, yeah. they were playing their souls. They really were. Well, well, yeah, that's kind of like how I try to go through every day mm -hmm. is my soul on my sleeve. It's, it governs me. You know, my, my, my love is my generator. The more I love, the more my generator grows and the more love coming out of me. And my soul is my wisdom, is my guidance. Uh, yes. And if I live just in my head, I'm living in my ignorance. And that's where I go, go wrong. I have to trust my soul, heart and spirit. That's, yes. Yeah. I tell people, you know, you trust your gut. Trust yes. your instinct because yes. the minute you start to intellectualize, then you're dead. Yes. Exactly. First, first impression, first thing, you feel something's wrong, get out of there mm. now. 
or you feel something's right, open that door. There you go. <laughs> Good title for a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've just written my memoir and gone through a whole load of uh, descriptions and I'm in the editing phase of it. And it's it's like, you know, how, you know, that the title for a book is not that easy, is it? So, yeah, it's just whatever. I got comes mine. Yeah, you've got yours. Now, how do people get hold no. of the book? No, it's not ready. I'm it's in not the ready. process. I'm in the process of writing. Well, The Art of Fear, you can just write to my website, to Kimberly Butler, uh, Studio Manager. It's, it's KBP Studio Manager at Gmail. It's up on my website. Right. And we can send you a book because Amazon sold out. And we were just like, you know what? We're just going to send it off to people that call that want a copy. And when will it actually be kind of public again? Uh, my memoirs? Yep. The Fear, uh, The Art of Fear. The Art of Fear, I, I may, I'm, this is what I'm, I'm playing around with. You, you'll probably find this interesting. You know, I did The Art of Fear, which is about a girl that's in a world looking for an answer, and she's alone. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, isn't this interesting? It's a pre-pandemic book mm-hmm. of what happened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So what I'm seriously considering is The Art of Fear Part 2. Right. It's the same photographs, but then write the diary of what happened in this city and what happened to people, good and bad, in the pandemic. Yeah. The loneliness, being in the graveyard, like the different shots that you'll yeah. see of the art of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm deciding on that, what I'm going to do. In the meantime, the memoirs has me really, because it's, it's going to be huge. Because there's so much. I know. There's so many different people and there's so much history before me that made me that it's, we're just trying to figure it out, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm working with a specialist that's showing me how to get the chapters. What chapters are we going to do? What are the most important parts? What are we going to include in the forward? Your, your, your ancestors, your current ancestors, your current family, and then like three simple chapters. But there's so much. Like, yes. what do you put in? Yeah. You know, the, the, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg story, the Barbara Walters story, yeah. um, you know, the top stories mm-hmm. that are still fresh in my consciousness. Because there's 10 file cabinets in my studio, you know, that are this high, you know, five drawers deep, legal size, full of stories. And they're only- to get them digitalized, love. (laughs) Oh, I gotta get somebody in here to do that for me. Right, Yes. right, that's gotta be done. That's gotta be done. But in the meantime, that's a big life. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, what are we gonna include? Because the most important thing for me about my memoirs is to say, look, I was a kid that was abandoned by my parents, that was thrown into an orphanage where they beat the shit out of me the first day. I still have bad problems from it. They threw it mm-hmm. off. They threw me off a thing in a bag. Went to school, was picked on. Here comes Vietnam and the, and the civil rights movement simultaneously, and I'm in middle school. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I, I I get out, go to high school. I barely get out of high school, barely. 
and go to the guidance counselor who says, I don't know what college will take you. And I said, well, what college will take me? She finally says, well, John Jay College. It was the best two years of my life, best education I ever had. Best education, city school. And then when I decided what I wanted to do, I transferred to, uh, to NYU. But the head of John Jay, the president, asked me to stay. He said, we need graduates like you. And now they're a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. They're a complete powerhouse. So I'm so happy for them because they gave me, they taught me how to learn, which up yeah. until that point, nobody had. Mm-hmm. had an interdisciplinary program. So what's important to me right now is that I produce a book that says to everybody, no matter where you come from, no matter what you've been through, you can be whatever you want to be. There's nothing that stands in your way except you. Yeah. That's it. Yes. You are, my great quote is, you are your own competition. Mm-hmm. The day I realized that, I knew I had no problem. Right. All I had to do was work hard. Yes. And, you know, my life has led me to meet some remarkable people, wonderful people. And I want to leave that as my legacy that you Mm -hmm. can do it too. Mm -hmm. Because everybody told me I was a loser and I'd be nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. As I said, when you come from that, I think sometimes it's better than coming from somewhere, as I said, where there's high expectations of you. Because then you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for everyone else. And when nobody really, you know, I mean, it, it took me a while to get there. But when nobody expects anything from you, uh, it's it's your own milestones. It's your own personal achievements. It, you know, it's really not up to their approval anymore because they don't see you anyway. But you know, you know. That's right. It, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, I know what I did. And. I, I just I see all these young people and, you know, you don't have to be born into wealth or privilege. No, you're an American. And there's a great thing about that. You can do it. All you have and to do is say, follow, it, follow your bliss. Follow your heart. Follow your conviction. Listen to your intuition. And don't so let the love. outside in. Exactly. Don't listen to other people. Do what makes you happy. And other people's knowledge that is shared with you, if it feels right with the gut, if it feels right with the heart, take it in. If it if it's conflicting with the head or it immediately causes doubt or insecurity, let it go. Oh, my God. I let it in one ear and out the other. And I just yeah. smile at them. Yeah. You know, yeah. some of these very dangerous or just, you know, people that have gotten where they've gotten through power and manipulation, whether it be a politician, a famous person of some sort. I mean, you know, it it was a funny thing. One last story. I photographed Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. and we were, we were shooting up at Miramax and all of a sudden his assistant started running around saying, Harvey's coming up. Harvey's coming up. Cause you know, yesterday was his, his uh, sentencing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He got life in prison. So there you go. Right. And, um, because there have been lots, of, there's lots of Harveys. So uh, they they got really nervous because in retrospect, I see the whole thing now. Everybody mm-hmm. was like super paranoid. I'm shooting and he walks right in between my camera and Taylor Swift and starts talking to her. And that's when I realized, okay, this guy is a total megalomaniac mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't, he has no class. 
because someone with class would say, excuse me, do you mind? I don't want to interrupt the shoot. Yeah. And then I'd say, no problem. Come on in. Come on in. I knew you were stopping by. Love your movies. I was excited to meet him. I loved his movies. But it turns out he's, you know. A jerk. Yeah. Well, you know, he hurt a lot of people. Oh, God, did he? Really, the psychological damage. And, and these people coming forward. Yes. Have you seen the movie She Said? Uh, was it She Said or Bombshell that I've seen? She Said. No, Bombshell's about, about ales at Fox. Right, yes. No, I haven't seen She Said yet. No. It's great. It's the Harvey Weinstein story. Right. It's Ashley Judd. God bless her. Yes. She, she is the one who steps up with the name, steps up first, and then everybody follows. Mm -hmm. It always, just the one. Yeah, it's a lot just, of courage. Yeah, it a does. And, and you know that you're going to have everybody turn on you. But if this is where, again, when you're standing tall and who you are, you know your truth and you're not going to be suppressed by other people's fear. Right. And, right. Exactly. Exactly. So well said. Yes. So, you know, did Justice you say Thomas, anything to him? Did you say anything to him? Well, they were talking about how they each had stalkers, which I find really funny because he's a stalker. Yes. And I said, I have a stalker. I had a stalker. <laughs> people would call people would call People magazine all the time, like they'd see a picture of Britney Spears. Right. So they'd call because it would say Kimberly Butler on the bottom. So they'd call people to get to Kimberly Butler to get to Britney Spears. So they'd call me, they say, Do you know a so-and-so? And I'm like, uh -huh. No. Okay, never mind. You know, because you don't know if it's legitimate or not. Exactly. Because a lot of people in my position foster those relationships mm -hmm. they hang out with people like that to get ahead the entourage yeah I, i'm just totally uninterested in any of that yeah i want to know what's going on in the refugee camps yeah. i want to know what's going up uh, with this gentrification of harlem i want to know what's going on with the subway system in new york i want to know what's going on in the ukraine and what are we doing to help our brothers and sisters the world over yeah what you know what's going on it's, yeah let's grow up Yes, and you know, I'm all about like raising that goddamn consciousness. Leave your pettiness behind. Well, that's it. Time to grow up. Box. Yeah. You know, the pandemic shook it. We got a world trauma. Yes, that was the shake it up, the universal yeah. shake it up, right? That's it. For and us now, to step up, change it up, grow up. <laughs> yeah. Everything's changing. And, you know, I think the good will come out of this. Well, like, a lot of good is going to come out of this. I, I know so. Um, I'm already seeing the changes. It's been quite... Um, quite extraordinary of the changes that I've seen and I've, and I'm feeling them. And I know that we've already risen up a certain more octaves, or, you know, vibrationally. And there's just, we've already shifted. And this is why there's so much protesting. This is why there's so much, the Celtic rune Haglas disruption. We're yes. seeing so much disruption because they know the change is already inevitable. This is why I say you can't put the baby back in the womb. It's no, too late. No, We're no. out. The movement has happened. You either get with the program or you go by the way of the dinosaurs. That's it. The dinosaurs are dying off and it's a great time. Yeah. Great time to be alive because I think that we'll see America come into an even greater place and catch up in a lot of things that we're behind the world on. Yes. And the treatment of our elderly. Yes. The first thing that comes to my mind because mm -hmm. I know what I had to do with my mom. And when you have one out of ten abused in an in a in a in in an uh, elderly facility, this is this is a real problem. And then I see that like Scandin in Scandinavia, that I believe it's Norway, 
they set up an Alzheimer village. Where yes, you I know. Isn't it beautiful? You see that? Everything yes. is the same. So nobody how respectful. Yes. Nothing changes. Yeah. I'm like, how simple. I how know. simple. How from the heart. And I said, this needs to be us. It has to be. But as you said, it takes the shakeup. America is going through its shakeup. It's going to go through its some sort of revolution. Yes. Um, it's going to go through that, not like it's seen before, but a revolution nevertheless. And you're going to see the pivoting really, really happening. Um, but it, it's not going to happen without protest. And who are the ones that are protesting? The ones that have lived in their little bubble for so long and they know that somebody's got a great big huge pin about to prick that bubble and they're running scared. And uh, yes, you, they are. The men yes, that the are. men that have truly stepped into their power are those that are empowering women. Yes. They see the benefit of women. They want to work with women. They want to be a part of this movement because they see the common sense in it. They see the practicality in it. They also see the liberation of their own spirit and soul in it. Because we're going to yes, see men absolutely. differently. Those that are still the dinosaurs that, oh, me, Tarzan. You know, they're the ones, I'm sorry. Bye. 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 You know? Yeah. Go I marry somebody have, 40 I, years you know, younger because you got a yeah. lot of money. Yeah, you exactly. Know, and, and step aside and take her with you because yeah. she's an enemy of the movement. Right. Exactly. Don't like enemies of the movement. No. no I don't no. like them. No, they they are a big problem and they need to be cut down a couple's notches, too. So okay, isn't it wonderful when, when we... people for the yeah. I'm saying when we start realizing to, to, and teaching our children to look on the inside, to give someone a chance to look on the inside of somebody and not judge them for their material. Yes. Outside their shell. That's when there's a shift. Yeah. That is a big shift. And when a woman uses her good looks and her sexuality on Instagram commercials, mm -hmm. we are inundated, inundated with it constantly. And it's got to stop. Yeah. And, you know, you, when you've got these men strutting like you know, I call it small penis syndrome because they just, you know, it, that's that's all they're governed by and you know the he-man type thing and but you know when you look at the oscars and you look at the award season you know everywhere any um everywhere anywhere all at once you, it, the fact that that movie won the fact that movie showed such rarity and kind of conflict and and discovery you know in in all that it did and then you look at brandon fraser you know, who was really ostracized with what he went through, yeah. right? He yeah. went through a hell of a lot of persecution uh, through somebody there. Uh, and you watch them be triumphant. And you look at Viola Davis, who's never been afraid. Like in, you know, yeah. uh, the the murder, she, uh, how to kill something, the murder show that she had. Yes. She's never been afraid to show her rarity. The no yes. makeup, the no, the hair yeah. and the whatever. She's never been afraid to show her vulnerability. But I also love the Helen Murrens. And, you know, and yes. I, I love the Judy Denches. And uh, I love that they are real people. And you see the beauty of who they are because it comes from the inside. Exactly. It comes right? through the inside. It exactly. transcends age. It transcends everything. Exactly. They exactly. are beautiful souls, right? Right. That's it. That's it. And there has to be more <laughs> emphasis on that. Not organized religion, but yeah. what does your soul have to say? Not what the book that somebody told you to read has to say. 
What does your soul say? And come from a place of love. Yeah, and I'm when you when you encounter baddies, then you know you got to do what you got to do. Yes. But you know, first give everybody a give everybody a chance first. Yes, exactly. Um, and you know, it it's okay to dismiss people. It's okay to shut people out of your life. We again, we we've seen how violence is used in everything, which provides nothing, no resolution, just death and misery. Um, what we need to see is actually love if if the love vibrator will actually penetrate their exterior you know their their exterior shell if not um this is my boundary you can't cross it right because until you step up into the love consciousness you don't belong here that's right and it is up to you that's your journey to take a lot of people right. are lazy a lot of people are fearful a lot of people are just complacent. They just, or they don't realize. That, oh, they don't realize. You know, the ones that don't realize Sunday. are beginning to waken up, but the others are still in their complacency, right? So yes. we can yes. only help those that are willing to help themselves. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, you've just been marvelous. My my uh, consciousness has been expanded by this conversation. <laughs> There's so much to think about. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it later, and, well, I, and just see my reactions and listen to you again. You know, I'm right back at you, my darling. I mean, I was so excited to do the show with you because you are an extraordinary woman, and it's not just about, um, you know, and right from the word go when you spoke, um, at the, on that network by Deb uh, Deb Drummond. It was, it wasn't just what you were saying, you know, how many people you're related to or this or that. It, it was just the sheer essence of you that because you are so real and who you are, why you are, what you're doing and what you want other people to feel, that is your door opener. That's why people feel comfortable with you because they know God can come down. I can be myself. I can be real. I am safe in this person's realm. And then you see the truth and who they are, and you're going to reflect that truth through the camera. And I felt that and I saw that in that talk that you did. And that's why I was so excited to interview you. Thank you so much. It's been a delight, a real delight. You know, I hope we can visit again. Yes, most certainly. When you've got the next books, you've got to come back and share all of those. But folks, it's KimberlyButler.com, B-U-T-L-E-R.com, Instagram, uh, Kimberly Butler it's, photograph. Uh, yeah, you can just go Kimberly Butler photo, but go uh, to my site. Yes, go to my site. Yeah, Kimberly Butler 3 on Facebook, Twitter, DA uh, Kimbo, and then Kimberly Butler um, YC for LinkedIn. Um, but, and also, you're saying that if people reach out to you for the book, um, that they might yeah, be able we'll to get a copy from here. Yeah, Jeff Bezos will have to do without his cut. I'm sorry. Right. Right. And yeah, uh, I, the next book, you know, the next book, you've got to come back. We've got to discuss more of that. I could talk to you forever. Um, I wish that I was in New York and I could just sit down with a good bottle of wine. and We that. could just talk. I, I love, love that. it. <laughs> if, you come, if you come out, you have to let me photograph you too. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, you need a few lenses for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not about that at all. That's what we just discussed. I know, I know, I know. It's all the eyes and the smile. I've already got you down. <laughs> it's actually funny when somebody persuaded me. So the first five years, I just did audio. And then somebody persuaded me to do um, video. And I said, well, who wants to see this old bag? 
on lens. And then the voice from the inside said, it's not about how you look, it's about the content you put out. Exactly. So I had to correct myself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, you're terrific. And I wish you all the best. And I'm going to be a regular fan now and I'm not going to miss a show. Oh, wonderful. You've got a lot to listen to the 16 to 24 a month. Wow. <laughs> Keep you busy. I, 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 I don't know where I'll start. Maybe it's Maybe at the back of mine and go, for, go forward. Yeah, well, there's only 3,000 of them up there. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Wow. Wow. There are some so awesome people just... in the world making a difference, and you're one of them. And thank you oh, so thank much you. for coming and sharing. And thank you for all the work and dedication that you've done because you've, you know, you've, you may have come from an ex you know, exorbitant, extravagant history, but you are continuing it on and you've left your own mark and you're leaving your own mark. And, and yeah, you, you've added to that, um, that historical mark and you will be remembered because of it. Well, thank you. I want to help as many people as I can before it's my, my time. Yeah, your time is a long way away. <laughs> yeah, a lot more to do, love, yes. a lot more to do. We've got to be around for at least another 25 years to actually see the transition that we're going through right now. Yes, I want, I I want like to be to able see. to look at it and go, oh, I can leave now. They're in a good place. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's very, very true. Well, God bless you. You too, May my darling. Universe bless you. And everybody that's watching, do what you love, what makes you happy. Yes. That, and then you'll never work a day in your life. Yep, that is, it's really that simple. It's it really, really is that, that simple. simple. Find that yep. passion. Find well, that passion. Folks, uh, you've learned so much here today. Uh, this is a show you need to go back and listen to. Have a podcast party. Everybody listen to it and have a discussion afterwards. There's so much to write take to in here. Write yes. to me. Please write to her. She'd yes, just... on my site. You can contact. You can. It'll give my email and you can write to me. Please do. Yeah, please do. Please do. And look at all the work that she's done. Uh, a true example of just being yourself and the willingness to open a door to see what's on the other side. Because you never know where it's going to take you. So until That's next true. time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Find all of our shows on selfdiscoverymedia.com under podcasts or selfdiscoverymedia slash shows. And for all our current shows, go to What's New. We are supported by you, the audience. You will see a nice big shiny blue button for one-time donations or follow us on Patreon and you will be able to support us there. We enjoy bringing you such wisdom. And the next show will be up in just a moment.